Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Cool, cool, no, good. Trap, sons, and trap, sons, and trap, sons, trap, sons, and trap, don't sons, trap, don't sons, trap, I think he's in the, I mean, aside from the pandemic and now he's having anxiety. Uh, Jason, can you hear me? Don't lie to the, don't lie to the man. Don't All lie right. to the man. All right. What's happening, man? Hey, everybody, welcome to a brand new MMA Roasted Podcast. We're coming live during the quarantine uh we got forrest griffin ufc champion uh legend uh ufc hall of famer we have mayhem miller another amazing fighter i'm not gonna say oh, you, you want to try the whole intro all over again i mean you just stuttered and stammered through like the biggest star we've ever had on the goddamn show that's sad, gonna... i'm the biggest star you've had jason that's that's not great Look, I'm not saying this is a great podcast. I'm just saying it is a podcast, okay? And I mean, yeah. honestly, I'm going to tell you, this is pretty much the most low-rent, bootleg-ass iPhone 4. Uh, iPhone 4. On the microphone. You know what I mean? Talking, talking via this. You know, but I checked the YouTube video. Yes. Sounded pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. All right, well, I was telling them how great you were doing beforehand, but it seems like you're negative, but okay, let's do it again. Welcome to the Brandon MMA Roasted Podcast. It's me, Adam Hunter. I'm here with the legend Forrest Griffin in the building, UFC Hall of Famer, UFC champion, Ultimate Fighter 1 winner, um, as well as... And and your close personal friend. How about that? And my close personal friend, even though I'm still blocked on one of my uh, Twitter accounts by you. uh, My close personal friend, uh, as well as Jason Mayhem Miller, obviously host of Bully Beatdown, Pride veteran, Dream veteran, UFC the, veteran. Just mayhem. And mayhem. Also, also, Jason Mayhem Miller was the first guy to dance out with the dance crew. I want that noted. Israel got a lot of hype for that, and that was cool. But I remember Jason doing that shit like 10 years ago. At you know least. what? You know what? He, you you had like 10 schoolgirls. And the best thing was, 16. I forget the announcers, the announcers were blown away by it. They were like, this is amazing. You're this living is- my fantasy. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I, rem- I, I my friends, it's a meme now. My friends always yell at me that I'm living their fantasy. And I appreciate that. I appreciate but what, that. But what the fans might not know is that you guys go way back uh, to Georgia, right? Yeah, I started when he was 19. 19, and how, how old were you? Like maybe 22. You were 22, and who started, you guys just found the gym together? Tell me, how, how did this whole, how, talk, talk to me. No, so, so my crew, if we had a Saturday off, we would travel down and, and work out with uh, Jason's guys. At, what was it? It was like Fact X2, or I don't even know what, a drone. You guys had so many names. Listen, yeah, all right. So the way that they, that thing, I mean, and maybe it's still like that, today in the gym business is that like you know you start a company 
and then like just running to the ground and then start a new company. I feel like <laughs> it's the Donald Trump methodology. Yes, you know what I mean? Hey. You, you gotta you gotta file chapter eleven every six years. You, wait, you were like every, every little Joe Exotic. Eight hundred dollars to start a gym, Jason. It's only to buy the LLC and do it. It's eight hundred dollars to change the name. So that one went bankrupt. I got the eight hundred dollars. This one's good to go. Bro, don't be tight. You know what? I feel like we're talking insider trading right now. Like this is some type of like, you know, I, I don't know. Like this is the, what the 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 elites, the financial elites, using their shell companies yes. to to not pay taxes. He says shell company. I'm meeting a lawyer at Starbucks, handed him cash, and signed two sheets of paper. This <laughs> 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 is pretty damn far from elite. Man, so don't they, be admitting to tax evasion on the podcast, please. You know, so, I'm going to make a <laughs> reference, you know. So, Jason, one day Forrest shows up at your gym with a bunch of guys. What was your first impression of him? Well, you know, what do you mean? I just thought this dude was hilarious. And uh, I was like, I don't know, we got it to good old boy Jabberjohn immediately, right? Like, I'm pretty I'm pretty sure, because we just, we both got like that kind of, hey, just tell me a funny story. No, you tell me a funny story. And then we went back, back and forth like that, you know what I mean? And it was weird because back then, you know, the MMA community was so small. It was yeah. not a normal thing, right? So you had your crew from Athens, right? And you guys are just rolling around, always on an ass kicking tour. And then, and then uh, my crew, you know, uh, uh, from yeah, it was at Jacare Cavacanti's uh, uh, Alliance Jiu Jitsu, but they also, but it was also LA Boxing. Remember that? Yeah, okay. yeah that's, that's what. Yeah. And then we would come down and spar. Did you ever get? A, didn't you get a chance to spar? Because I would spar with uh, a guy who's a, a champ, O'Neill Bell. Remember oh, him? Yeah. He's a boxing champion. Oh my that man. guy. I you remember that? I remember him well, actually. Yes. Yeah. That dude, was, he's like your cruiserweight, right? Yes. Yeah, and just a beast of a boxer. Like, one of the best boxers ever to come out of Atlanta. I would try to block the jab, and sometimes I would accidentally catch the cross. Because yeah. the jab had already hit me. It was already bouncing off my head. Wow. And sometimes I would actually, like, go to defend the punch and defend the second punch. So this is pre-dance so like, yeah. So this is pre-Forrest Griffin fighting Dan Severn. This is before uh, you fought Dan yeah, Severn? Yeah, or, or right around right around then, yeah. So you helped him train for Dan Severn? No, Bro, I don't remember that. I don't no. even remember. You fought Dan Severn? What the hell? Where was I? His first fight. His first oh, wow. fight ever. What, awesome. what kind of shitty management do you have? To throw no, but, well, you, you know Frank. I had Frank managing, like, calling people out on the internet. Literally just like trolling, like I'll fight you. I'll fight Brilliant. you. Yeah, yeah, Frank was really good at that. I met people in a crystal parking lot to fight for two hundred bucks. The guy gave me fifty dollars and left. It's true story. <laughs> he out, like, what he got himself into, and he was like, "Nah, man, the same." You know what? Wait, well, hold on. Could we explain that story a little bit? So somebody says, "I'll fight you for two hundred dollars in a park." Two in a crystal parking lot. He brought $200, and I had $200 by name, so I brought $200, and he was going to bring crew, and I was going to bring crew, and we'd fight, like, you know, Van Damme movie style, and, like, I guess he got a load of me, and he was like, nah, man, this has gotten too real. He actually didn't give me, he gave me, like, 20 bucks, actually. This is while you're a police officer? Might have been. Might have been. <laughs>
<laughs> what kind yeah. of shitty police officer are you fighting people in a park for 200 bucks? <laughs> that, yeah. that, I mean, mutual, uh, mutually agreed combat, right? So as long as it's not a public, in a public place, that would be a fray. But if we go to like somebody's gym that's private property and we've mutually agreed, uh, you know, to a set of rules, et cetera, and we follow them, that's actually perfectly legal. And what was your opinion on, on uh, Mayhem when you met him? Well, I remember um, he was slick, man. His jits was good. He was a stud. Um, he, he would work with anybody, you know, like O'Neal Bell. Like, he wasn't a big guy back then. And he just, like, he jumped on me like I wasn't a 230-pound dude. He was, like, a buck 70. I was, like, I had about a good 40 pounds. And he was, like. I, I always, yeah, you know what, though? But I always had a better time because the way that they trained me as a kid was essentially they would just put like um remember bull shaw he's like a 300 pound dude just a monster i trained with him every day so i was like a lot better when the guys were bigger than me because I, yeah. I had i had more strategies for for a bigger guy so i knew how to get like around his back quicker or you know and i and they put they would put him on me all the time so it just made me like savage retard strong from the bottom yeah. You know, yeah. I, I just couldn't. It, that that was the me, that was like the old school Brazilian methodology to like make a young, uh, you know, kind of I'll just say hard headed, you know, guy uh, there, tougher. There is some some sense to that though. You you kind of yeah. start with that mentality, like the yeah. the, the uh, what was it, uh, lion's den, whatever fight mentality. Mm-hmm. And if they're still there after three months, you say, okay, now now we're actually going to train you. Yeah. Well, there plus is. I was like injuring like. The normal like corporate nerds that came to jujitsu yes. class, I would yeah. break everyone's nose and like yeah. you know it was just I didn't I was like baby strong back then where I didn't know what I was doing with my with my technique I would just yeah, do yeah. my best to to fucking break everyone's face off. Yeah, yeah. So one of the w- first times we rolled, you caught me with a slick knee bar like for, mm-hmm. like I forget what we were starting like a cross side bottom and I was like getting up and you hit me with a slick like Man. jump to a knee bar and just like bent me in half and I was like, oh shit. This Bro, guy. you know, you know what that was? That was a VHS tape of yeah. what, watching some like Rico Rodriguez do that or something like that. And then like a year or two after that, I had met Rico. Maybe it was before. I don't know. I met Rico and hit him with that same move. No. He was, he was pissed. It was his move. <laughs> and he was so mad. He was so mad that I did that to him that Later on, he like sparred me and bust this ear and gave me a big fat ear. Yeah, yeah, gave me the gave me the cauliflower on this side. When we were supposed to be just grappling, he punched me in the ear like a good one. What a yeah, well, bitch! I owe him that one. Now, Jason, I mean, cut to uh, Forrest becomes the UFC champion, beats Rampage. Were you shocked that this was the guy who walked into your gym? A couple years ago or 10 years ago? Nah, look, man, look, me and him, we had, like, similar career paths where we were in it at the same time. He was a little bit older, and he had, like, uh, you know, he was the weight up. So it was, like, great. It was, like, the damn classic era of MMA, you know, the first TV show, the first, like, you know, it was it was one of these things where I got to follow along real closely, and it made perfect sense because – you know, Forrest always been real talented, and he, and on top of that, on top of being talented, the man put in the work. He was always in the gym. He was always, you know, trying to get better. And I, there was something within him I could tell that, like, when I caught him with that knee bar, he's laughing about it right now. 
But that day it was serious. <laughs> he was like, fuck. He was like, you, yeah, like, I, I thought we weren't going to be friends after that. I'm like, oh, damn. I caught him with that one, and now he's pissed. You know, but that's, you know, that's why he became a champ, bro. Because he put in uh, hard work to, to clean up any kind of mistakes that you make and, and, and remember the mistake that you made move, and move forward. I think you did a fantastic job, man. Yeah. I, 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 it's funny, like, our paths would just cross, you know. I, I remember I trained with you right before I fought Quinn, and you were like, damn, man, you're, you're, you're looking pretty good right now. You were actually injured at the time, so we were going kind of light. Yeah. And then, um, you know, and then I remember well, my favorite Jason Miller story is when we were fighting at, um, we were sparring in the tiny ring at Cobra Kai, and you hit me with a jump knee, but you hit your head on a duct. And it started bleeding. It started bleeding. He hit his head on a metal duct. It started bleeding. I stopped to be like, oh, dude, your head's bleeding. And he just started punching me. And I was like, okay. He doesn't care. <laughs> Defend yourself at all times. Yeah, I remember busting my head on that fucking grate. Or, well, yeah, that was crazy. Yeah. Jumping me. <laughs> yeah, that was wild. Yeah, I'm, I'm bleeding. <laughs> yeah, that was the savage times, bro. That was definitely. That was a different. That was a different world. I, I miss Cobra Kai. Now that you mention it, that, that was a great gym, right? By the way, Tyron Woodley, are you? Are you? Can you hear us? No, what? T Dub. He's supposed to be on, but he I, he's like I don't know what's I going. See his picture. Yeah, no, I've been seeing his picture for like ten minutes. I think he's trying to figure out the video. Yeah, uh, you push to the bottom left. You touch the middle of the screen. You go to the bottom left. I, I've coached everybody on this. Yeah, turn your phone sideways, Tyrone. Yeah. I don't bottom know. left, touch the screen. Bottom left, there's a thing that says start video. So were you a fan, Forrest, of Bully Beatdown? Did you watch the episodes? I did, man. I watched a couple, yeah. Uh, it was the first time I ever saw, what's his name? He was champ. He fights for um, uh, New Jersey kid. He was champ. He fights for, I Alvarez. think, now. Eddie Alvarez. Eddie Alvarez. This is the first yes. time I ever saw I didn't really know him because, you know, I was like, I followed UFC, I followed Pride. I didn't really know what he was in. And I was like, who's that? I never heard of this kid. He yeah. seems pretty good. Man, we got a lot. You know, we gave a, the start to a lot of fighters who, like, really became something, you know. Michelle Watterson yeah. was Tyron, on right? there. Wasn't Tyron on it? Tyrone Woodley was on there, definitely. Yeah, uh, Bobby King Green. Like, we had, like, this, you know, eclectic mix of up-and-comers and some old veterans, you know, that were – that were, you know, it, it like really made the show. You know, you, I, we couldn't have that show without these like, uh, you know, without these fighters really putting on a good fight against, you know, some tough guys, some tough guys. And by season three, like that show had really developed into like this strange, like WWE universe. I was thinking about it because, you know, season one, nobody knew what the hell it was. But num number two, a couple guys like training MMA and they, got in there and then by season three we had like this mix of like dudes that were like pro wrestling fans that were like being the heel you know what I mean like really acting it up and then uh other guys who act like bro come on you've just been training MMA you want to make your debut on my show okay I get it well, well like, know, when, so. like, when, like when Thomas Denny lost to the bully uh yeah. what, was it, what was that like on set well no I mean Here's the thing is that, I mean, okay, Thomas Denny lost. Yeah. But did he? he, no, he didn't, the, no, he didn't lose, but he didn't actually. He beat the ever-loving, that poor, that Russian kid acted tough on TV, 
but he was vomiting up a damn storm right. head injury after that. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think uh, Thomas Denny didn't get that, you know, hey, man, don't let him get any points. Don't let him get any money. He, instead, he just, like, kind of played the game. You know what I mean? He just, like, played around with the guy. He toyed with the guy for the whole time instead of, you know, but the, also the guy came with a good strategy. The strategy was no, don't get tapped out and then take your beating like a man. You know, that was, that's what he did. It was, it was clever. Somebody had to win. Now, Forrest, you're like the most anti-social social person I know. Uh, whereas, sure, like, sure. Well put. Like, like, you're super nice and, and loving, but then there are times when people you are just like, don't fuck with Forrest. Like, let him do his thing. Now's not the time. Um, now, that's how you were in MMA, because people would tell me, like, I'm like, hey, how's Forrest training? Like, well, he's the nicest guy ever, but when he's not in the mood, don't fucking let him be. Uh, was it hard for you to go to a corporate setting, working for the UFC, being in like a desk all day and being around so many people and after being the world champion? Man, that's a, that's a good question, man. Yeah, it's actually really hard. Um, you know, I've been doing it for seven years now, so I've kind of figured it out. But yeah, it, it, it's, it's, it's harder than I thought it was going to be, definitely. I mean, it's just a different, it's just a different game altogether. And, uh, you know, man, I never, <clears throat> I never had a job job. You know, I, I was a cop for a while and I did construction, but I don't, you know, I didn't go to school to work at a desk or even learn a computer, you know? So it's, it's uh, definitely a learning, uh, you know, definitely a learning. What, what would you say, like, what, what would you say was the most, like, difficult thing to adapt to in this corporate world? Because for me, you know, I'm not sure even how to talk their language. Yeah, I mean, some of it's the jargon, but a lot of it's just, man, being able to use your damn computer, mm-hmm. you know? It's like, what? what? And then, you know, people send you, like, I write like six bullet points, what we should do. And then somebody sends me like this beautiful chart with like this drawn out. It's got like 17 bullet points and a color for each one. And I'm like, what, the, what is this? And then it like clicks to a video that plays and I'm just like, oh my God. And I'm like, oh, I feel so dumb right now. They're sending you PowerPoint presentations. That's what you're saying? <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Inter- I got I to gotta, I gotta take one of those um, uh, skills classes uh share square space i don't know something like that something that we're not sponsored by yeah but for a while you were like the ufc laser right you were going to places and introducing why mma was should be a good sport why you should uh, have yeah, that was awesome yeah i started my job was to go around and tell people that fighting's awesome and if you don't think so you're stupid <laughs> i did that for a couple of years like dude ufc cool and really if you think about and I, this is kind of true with you too jason the thing we did right in life more than anything else was realize that MMA is an awesome sport before everybody else. That's yeah. also what Dana did best too. It's like, wait, this is, a, I grew up, you know, I like basketball. I like football. The fighting is the best. And then all I did was realize that first. But then That's now what, is it, what did your job morphed into? Oh, well, now we, I worked at the Performance Institute. So it's actually like, you know, I mean, I read books about, you know, exercise science every day. I try to, you know, it, it's actually pretty pretty tough. We manage a uh, an academy of fighters in China, so you got about thirty fighters in China that are hmm. in a developmental program. I manage that, and then just the the overall like, uh, what's a fighter's experience when they come to the UFC uh, PI? Like, you know, you come in. What do I want? Do do we meet all their needs? Right. So as far as putting their strength and conditioning, physical therapy, uh, sports dietetics, all these things together. 
And so can't... are you setting up a, a complete plan to develop fighters? Is that is that what I'm hearing? Because that, that seems pretty damn interesting. Like, like... Oh, yeah, yeah. That, that, that's what we do in China. But mm. in the U.S., we just try to make sure. So the PI is set up into two floors. You've seen it before, Adam. My job is to make sure that everything we teach you on the first floor actually translates to make you better in the actual octagon, right? So if you get in great shape and you make weight, that's great. But, you know, does it actually transition to you being a better fighter other than just looking better? No, so, like, specifically, though, specifically, so because this is good, but I want to peel this onion back a little bit. So yeah. say, yeah, no, say, like, you know, so you're talking about fighters who are already established, who have a base of skills, and at the PI, you... you you further develop is that what you're saying not uh, so or you or you say okay hey bud your takedown defense is garbage let's go over six ways to to, to no, clean this so up not not from a technical tactical standpoint now i'll do that but if you think about it as far as an mma coach hmm. you got 600 fighters on the roster i can't coach that like that you know and also oh, okay. i'm not the best coach my job is to make sure that your performance aspects right your physical therapy pt strength and conditioning align with your mixed martial arts practices ah. to get the best out of your technical tactical portion of your day right i see so yeah. it's actually a lot about load management and where things go and how things work together best but isn't the line kind of a little bit blurry you know what i'm saying yeah, like yeah, i just remember i just remember like for instance when when i would do uh uh deadlift like power power uh type exercises like explosive type exercises, like Olympic lifts, I remember my takedown per, like percentage went up. Like I could, I, I would get guys off the fence a lot better. You know, there's a, there's a blurry line there, isn't there? So far, so I'm, I'm like a fighter, right? Oh, so, I'm a fighter, yeah. so I'm a fighter, I'm ranked 14th in the world. Okay, I'm, I'm a Cody Stanton kind of fighter, right? Uh, I leave my gym, Team Alpha Male, and I want to train it at the PI full time, right? So right. the coach comes with them, they get fed three meals a day. They go, here's your jujitsu practice. Here's your weightlifting. Here's your this. Here's no, your no, that. no. So you, you come to us and you say, these are my technical sessions. Um, th these are my goals as far as strength conditioning. You know what? I don't have, like to Jason's point, I don't have great, you know, explosion through on a takedown. It's like a hit and then I can't drive through. All right, well, we're going to get you doing some Olympic lifting, some explosive movements as you, you know, defined it. So, and that, that's, you know, that's a lot of what we do, right? Um, but as far as the technical coaching, like Cody just brought some people with him and he kind of runs that camp and then he runs it according to, as far as his load, like how much actual work he does, I, he uses the strength coach to kind of bounce it off. And then they have a sports science, which a lot of sports science that we do is recovery. Like, so it's your windows of readiness right are you ready to train are you ready to train at a high level a low level again it's it's you know workload management and as far as living are they are there dorms at the no place? god no think about that that was one of the things they asked and they were like yeah we got them i was like no do you want to be responsible for these guys in vegas don't make it too easy for them you know let them like make them work a little bit for this i don't you know you, you think about like the dorms at ATT, right? That's different because that's everybody's from ATT. But you would have people crossing each other in a hallway that are potentially going to fight. Right. Okay. So they, they so they, their job is you put yourself up, live in Vegas. You come to us. We'll take care of this for free for you guys since you're in the UFC. Yeah. Yeah. 
That's pretty cool. A, a lot of yeah. times fighters come in after a loss or an injury or not making weight and say, you know what, something went wrong. Help me reverse engineer this and see what I can do right next time. And so we actually get, I would say, a lot of the high-risk cases, right? You miss weight. What are you going to do? I'm going to go to the PI and see what their dietitians can tell me. Get some, get some you know. Uh, yeah. You know, I didn't feel strong enough in my last fight. I got beat and pushed around in the third round. Go to the PI, see what they can do for me strength-wise, right? So what are your areas of deficit that you're looking to improve? And UFC tries to, PI tries to fill those gaps, right? No, I see a lot of fighters that aren't in the UFC that train there. Are they they're allowed to train there too? Yeah, you can bring three training partners. I think T's joining us. All right, that's, that's I like this. I, I had no idea about the inner workings of the, of the PI. It's actually really interesting. Yeah, I'm super interesting. I mean, so I get got, out of a tour. I try to explain this to who, who else is over there coaching and, and, and uh, uh, overseeing that place? It's, uh, well, I mean, there's Duncan French. He's, a, you know, the head, uh, the head of it. But, he, you know, he's a Ph.D. in exercise science. And then James Kimball, he's the VP. Yeah. He does all the operations like vision and strategy. So we right? got yeah. – Cameron Woodley, how are you, man? He – Oh, can y'all see me already? Yeah, yeah we can see you. Yeah, yeah. Shit, I'm yelling, cleaning out the garage. I'm in a spring cleaning and shit. So you, you, we got, got Sam Miller and Forrest Griffin on, uh, two legends. What's up, crew? What's up, brother? So I know, man, you – by the way, so Tyron Woodley was supposed to fight last week in UFC London. This was – Don't remind me. And I think <laughs> the most dedicated – because I've known you for, what, five, six years? I've never seen you as focused. You were so focused for this fight. Talk to me, man. How you're now? You're already leaving. Uh, okay, you're back. Uh, That's how it feels about that. Yeah. So how how much of a letdown was it? What did you focus on? Talk to me. I mean, it was a big letdown, but I definitely want to live too, though. You know, so it's kind of like it's kind of like you know, on both both ends of the spectrum. I was mad because you see the cards. You see the card in Brazil that they just got that card off right before us, and my card was the first one that was canceled. Like first casualty, yeah. You can call it postponed, or whatever. But to a person that put a full training camp in and actually was ready to go and had that last day of sparring, I mean, you guys know how it is when you get that last day of sparring, you feel good mm -hmm. and you're ready to go, and you yeah. you actually leave. I was in Los Angeles. And my flight was gonna leave in four hours to go to London. Oh. And I got a call and say, hey, hold on. We're gonna try to do it in the US. I'm like, oh fuck. All right, well, cool. Just let me know. I'm ready to roll. So I was kind of let down more so because I was so focused, I was so ready, I trained so fucking hard. And I, I was just when, when I'm quiet, I'm always cooking. Anytime you see me quiet, that's the dangerous Tyron Woodley. So uh, I was just ready to show the world, you know, remind them of what the fuck I can do and that I'm still the best welterweight of all time. So um, yeah, let's talk about that a little bit because, like, I, I agree with that. You're you're definitely one of the best welterweights of all time. I, I totally agree. I, but here's the thing: the night, the night of the Usman fight, right? Well, uh, like, I know you've talked. I've heard you talk about this on another show before. But like, was just the rhythm off? Did he just he just came with I the wrestling? Yeah, like what? Because I feel like you respected him a lot. You took it easy, you know what I mean? You didn't take as much risks as I would, yeah. as I've seen you take before, you know? 
I mean, I think I can say it was all just the, the, the mental space and the brain of just trying to piece it up and figure out what's what. I just wasn't there. You know what I mean? I don't remember the fight. I've never even watched it back. Two moments of the entire fight. But it was just basically like having a bad dream, but it'd be in real life. You won the punch, but you didn't punch. And some people Oh, my God. Bro, you have, like, African-American Wi-Fi right now. I've always done three ones. Man. He just fell uh, off. Yeah. Okay. I feel like he's got to stand closer to his Wi-Fi. Is there, is there a, a, a spot where you got really good Wi-Fi in the house? Or? No, I'm in the my house, dude. So I don't, like, I'm can in you the stand, Can you stand inside the internet? Is, is there a way to be, like, you're, I like, think walking. Are you, doing, are you, you know. still doing cardio for the... I know, yeah. This right? guy is shadow boxing with his phone right now. We are can't you, hear you. You sound like Mario Kart. Okay, what about we go. now? We good? Right. Oh, my God. Much better. Much better. Yeah. All right. All right, so... So, so yeah, I'm still running. Like, like the good thing about this quarantine is that over the last five years, my travel schedule has been ridiculous. It's not just been fighting. It's been fighting. It's been um, analyst work for um, ESPN and Fox. It's been yeah. uh, music stuff, movie stuff, TV stuff, commercial stuff, sponsor stuff, endorsement stuff. And I've been nonstop. So it's forced me to sit down, spend some time <laughs> with my kids, spend some time with my son. So me and my son have been cooking, cleaning, training because – He's about to be 17 this year. I got to teach him how to be a man. You know what I mean? Oh, wow. Who knows, man? He might, he might try to get a little something here, here in a little bit. I don't even know. So I, no. I gotta, Are you serious? Are you I'm scared. scared I got to say, Tyron, um, you know, you said to me, hey, I want to do stand-up comedy. And I wasn't yeah. sure. I really wasn't sure because I was like, uh -huh. I, I, know, I know that you're funny, but I'm like, all right, I'll throw you up on stage. It was the best, not only fighter, but comic. Like, first time ever, murdered. I mean, you had, like, <laughs> stories and impressions, and you were singing, and then it was, you blew the <laughs> crowd up. Like, awesome. regular comics, like, who the fuck's this guy? I, I got to say, I was really impressed, man. And I tell people that, they're like, wait, Tyron Woodley? Because uh, uh, people don't, if, if you was in college, that's, the way, that's really the way I am every day. But when, I, when I'm fighting and all this other stuff, I got to put on a business mode because it's such a business now. Like it's not just fighting anymore. It's not just a sport anymore. So I got to, I got to, um, you know, it ain't time for laughing in games. I need to fucking make sure I get my bag right. And um, mm. so when I did the stand-up comedy, you got to recognize I grew up with nothing. So we had to make, we had to make the best of everything. I got a whole bunch of ghetto ass stories. That's hella funny. A whole bunch of, ghetto rigging situations, a whole bunch of times where we had to basically, you know, play Apollo and make each other laugh. So just doing that and being around so many different types of people and just having a good memory, I just remember how I felt at that moment. And I was just trying my best to make the audience feel how I felt when my fucking uncle was like, why couldn't it be Leroy? Nigga, Leroy in the front, uh, front of the funeral. How are you going to say, why can't it be him that goes... <laughs> die. <laughs> I, I, think, I was just having fun with it. That's that's dark. And they're all like real stories, you know what I mean? Dude, he had, <laughs> dude, he 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 told the whole crowd it was okay to say the N word in front of him, right? <laughs> then he goes one, two, three, and holds the mic out to see who would what. They kill like, hey, everybody. I live. <laughs> I live. Hey, hey, Adam, Adam, <laughs> Harry, and one dude was like this. He was like. <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. One dude fell for it, and then like, and then he's like, "All right, I was kidding, motherfucker." And then like, yes, that guy got yeah. so scared. <laughs> well, you, well, you know, I was out in the parking lot, and I was like, you know, this kind of a ballsy thing to do is either going to be a home run or it's going to bomb real bad. And, then, and I waited yeah. right until I got up there, and I said, "Fuck it, I'm gonna do it. I don't care." <laughs> I like your strategy. Now, and, now uh, Tyron, you did go for it. I gotta say, I gotta ask you because I got, I, I'm honestly. You said in an interview that you went broke before this last fight. I never you, said that. Okay. You, all right. Good. So you didn't go broke. Why did they say that? Why? Why did that come out? <laughs> Do I look like I'm broke? No. Nah. That's, that's exactly. <laughs> that's exactly. You look like a plantation I, owner. Are you like? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> are you like Fifty Cent broke? Are you like Fifty Cent broke for legal reasons? I didn't say I went broke. People, people converted to what I said is that I said I blew a lot of money. Oh, okay. I said I blew a lot of money. I bought seven cars. I bought four houses. That was basically <laughs> you got to evaluate your circle. You do all these things that you basically think you're helping out people. They don't even give a fuck. They don't appreciate it. You know what I mean? They don't appreciate all the hard work and, and that you're trying to help them out. And that's just me evaluating myself and evaluating that you may not always be the camp. You may not always be on a Connor pay-per-view or John Jones pay-per-view and rack in, you know, seven figures. You may not always you know, um, be in a position where everybody's blowing your lineup to do this and do that. When you're champion, you get all those opportunities. So I never said I was broke. It was basically me being wiser and a little bit more mature that as I continue to make income, as I continue to do entertainment, fighting, whatever, that I'll be more mindful of my spending. I never said I was yeah. broke. Oh, oh, good, good. Thank God. No. You just ran one of your shell companies into the ground. We get it. Yeah, no big deal. <laughs> You so hey, I talk talk about the movies. What 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 movie you in? You said what? I just what did, movie uh, are you in? You know what? I was Anything supposed to call hitting with the boom, but I don't know what the fuck happened. Bro, with listen, I, I said that we can't have any black people in it, and uh, you know, because I'm a well-known racist. So sorry, bro. You know what's I, funny? I got you kicked out. You know, you're you supposed know, to be in here, got the boom. I, I yeah, remember, remember that, that actually. Yeah, I remember yeah, that I was, actually. I, um, I was I was actually my homie Lynn hit me up about that was gonna be my first movie I was gonna be in, and then uh, I was having a son, and, and and my wife at the time was like, Tyron, you know I don't think you should leave. I might go into labor. I'm like, you're not gonna fucking go into labor. You've been over the top. Like I'm trying to do this movie, and I was so mad because as as they were filming, I was looking at her and she was still pregnant. I was like, fuck your ass. Didn't go into labor. You're hyper. <laughs> I was fucking pissed. But yeah, I, so I, I did a couple movies. Did Recently, you, did you I, name I, your son Kevin James? Turned down a lot of movies for this count. I only did only thing I did during this count was the Titan Games. Um the, the TV show with the rock. I had to do that one. Yeah. Did that? Yeah. I had to do awesome. that one. Yeah, I just did it. That's, hey, hey, wait till you see. <laughs> hey, Forrest, you're not gonna be you're not gonna be proud of me. You're not going to be like, yes. <laughs> The PI trained him hard and got him ready for this. <laughs> really? Damn. Hey, no spoilers. No spoilers. All right. Nah, yeah, I can't do you're that. Gonna I gotta get you're gonna I gotta get sued. I gotta ask Tyron, who did you buy seven cars for? You know, I bought. I bought my wife at the time. I bought a suburban. I bought myself an Audi RS7. I bought myself an F150 Raptor. I bought my nanny a car. I bought my mom a car. I bought my stepson's dad a car. Oh. His God. That motherfucker, I'd be pissing this fucking cereal. I bought him a car. 
Um, who else had bought a car? And I bought a, yeah, I bought, I bought a car in LA too. Bought an Audi in LA. You're regretting buying your stepson's dad a car? They just don't appreciate nothing. Like, I, I raised your son since he was six months old. You know what I mean? I raised him since he was six months old till he was 10. And I didn't want to watch him in a 1996 Sebring with no air conditioning. He was burning up in, in humid, humid weather. And then I said, no, man, God, God put it on my heart to buy him a car. So I bought him a car and oh. I said, no. And I bought all these cars in cash. I didn't have no loans out on no car. Like, oh. I only have one loan. Like, all my cars were paid off. And it was like, afterwards, when I was going through some drama and I expected him to step up as a man to like say right is right and wrong is wrong, he never stepped up. And his silence was some bitch shit and I just really didn't fuck with it. Like, you, you needed a ride home from- <laughs> I mean- I don't understand, I mean, he didn't come pick you up? This, this is, I don't know how much time we got, but if I get into the we, room, we got time. We got time. We got. We're fucking quarantined, bro. Look, yeah, we're quarantined. Yesterday, know. the podcast ran on for like four hours, bro. Okay, I was trying to I'm get off. You, I was going like, God, just because I fuck up. with everybody on here, mayhem. Right. UG, yeah, yeah. UG fucking Morris, Adam. UG. I'm gonna give you guys, and, and it's right on this porch, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna share the picture with you later. <laughs> okay. right. Remember this porch, real close. All right. My my ex. I'm trying. To, I'm trying to make his words not that difficult to understand. <laughs> uh, your ex. Our sons. We both had. We both. We both had a kid. Right. Mm -hmm. Coming into it. My son mm -hmm. obviously has a mom. Mm -hmm. Her son obviously had a dad. Mm -hmm. Those two decided that they were going to get together. Oh, awesome. So those are the, the most weirdest, awkward co-parents yeah. in the fucking situation ever. So I got a big picture of us all on the porch in this happily fucking Brady Bunch family deal. The Woodley Bunch. Da, yeah, da, 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 the Woodley Bunch. Yeah. So, they, the bunch. Yeah. So, okay. so, so I mean, just say this. I'm just say this. I'm not going to throw all my shit out there in, in the midst. You guys can put the pieces together. But when I walked into the octagon against Usman, I walked in there with a lot of shit. Not yeah. just the fight, oh, not now just the politics, the story. not, that just, makes the, sense. not yeah. just that, not just, you know what I mean, a lot of shit. And, and I, don't, <laughs> I, don't, I don't make excuses because at the end of the day, I walked into every single world title fight with a tornado worth of personal shit going on. Nobody ever knew. When I fought Robbie, if I pull back the curtain and tell you what the fuck was going on in my life, when I, after I knocked, before I knocked him out in 47 seconds, I'm like, I didn't deserve to win that fight. Like, what the fuck? Like, how did I even win it? You know what I mean? So, so I was just, I was really just riding on grace the whole time. And then it caught up to me. You know what I mean? I got to the point where I started separating everything. Like, this is separate. You know what I mean? It ain't got nothing. Obviously, because I still won these four world title fights back to back. It ain't got shit to do with it. Even as I warmed up that morning, as I did my walkthrough, I always do a walkthrough before I fight, paying out the thing. Yeah. I felt good. I felt great. My warm-up was great. My walkout was great. Always, I touched the gloves, and I backed myself against the, the, the octagon. And I said, all right, let this motherfucker know what time it is. Go out there. Let him know what it is from the jump. All the way to that point, I felt 100. Right when I got in front of him, I'm like, all right, just punch him. Zoom. Feel like somebody snatched the battery pack out. Feel like I got fucking voodoo or some shit. So I don't know, man. <laughs> Well, Forrest was on Ambien during Anderson Silva fight, right? True, true. Was it? It was something like that. I forget. Not during the fight, but that week. 
Long story. The thing you said you couldn't sleep the night before, so you took an Ambien. I couldn't sleep. No, no I couldn't sleep face weeks dripping. before. His face is melting. I was training, and oh. I wasn't sleeping. Uh, and then I wasn't like I wasn't sleeping at all. So I was like, I forget what it was. Yeah, I was taking something. To I didn't sleep. I didn't sleep before Usman fight either, man. Fuck, I couldn't sleep. I barely made weight. It's fucking killing myself. I fell asleep in the sauna. I fell asleep in the sauna at the eye. And I fucking woke up and I was still 174 and a half. And I went in there at 175. Mm. Oh, and I and I woke up and I'm like, fuck. So I got the weight off. And then when I finally got the weight, I couldn't go to sleep. I was trying to go to sleep. I was trying to yeah. eat and I had to fucking throw up. My stomach was hurting. So, yeah. Well, this fight, you went to Thailand. It was the first time you went to Thailand? No, second time. The first, actually, I went for three days the first time. You can't really count that. So, yeah, let's just say that's the first time. Now, what, what who, who are you training with there? I went there to get in shape. Hey, TJ, hey, can you bring me that big charger? I, I went to um, I went to Thailand as a pre-camp because I found out when you get beyond 35 years old, you can't just jump into a camp for six to eight weeks and think you're going to do no. something. You're going to be hurt and injured. So I went out to Thailand, not so much for the training partner. I didn't have a lot of training partners, but I went out there. I was doing this crazy fucking aerodyne. Anybody that's ever been AKA, they do this yep. crazy paradigm circuit. Oh, my God, it's fucking insane. So I did that three or four days a week. Then I was running every other day. Then I was doing fucking pass like a maniac. Then I was drilling like a maniac. And I basically went out there and I shed like 10 to 15 pounds. I ate extremely clean. I drank an endless amount of water. But then I just had a chance to reflect. Like I told you, I had a lot of, I had a lot of personal shit. Like when I started writing my books and shit, like people were going to look back like, we should have never said shit about this motherfucker because <laughs> this motherfucker right here, I don't know how the fuck he even thinking about my man. Well, bro, okay, as somebody whose life is always filled with drama, I think you, I can identify. I yeah, yeah, I know that. But, I mean, don't you think that there's some way for you to tone it down a bit? Like, maybe it's not, me. Maybe it's buy, me. like, five cars instead of That's 10? funny. I was thinking. No, I, it's not really the, it's not really the money, man. Like, I... Like, you got to realize, I, I grew up broke, man. I grew up, like, I grew up in, like, everybody's all from the hood. Like, my city is a murder capital of the U.S. I'm from the hood. I live with dope dealers and killers. Like, I from literally from the street. I've seen many, many crackheads on a day-to-day -day basis. So, I, too, am pretty gangster. Yeah, I, I, it's not about, I didn't, I didn't kill the people. I didn't fucking sell dope. No, I, was, I know, I, I know. I, I lived, but I being around this, yeah, being I lived, around it was this my lifestyle. It, it, was, it was my normality. So yeah. money doesn't mean to me what it means to a lot of people. Money to me is a leverage. It's a tool. I needed this house, so I needed money for it. I need gasoline, so I need money for it. I never worship it. So I don't, I don't regret it being going out. I regret doing a gesture of something nice to someone that doesn't appreciate it. Mm. The money, I'm always going money because you, I can be broke and on a fucking, in Santa Monica, I guarantee you I won't be there for very long because God gave me a mind. And he gave, the mind is what creates the wealth. Not, not the, the, the ability to knock a motherfucker out with a right hand or to be able to, you know, do, do fucking own a gym or something like that. It's the mind and it's the, it's the ability to keep pushing, pushing. And you got to be a little crazy. That's why you were good at MMA, because you fucking nuts. That's why, yeah, yeah. that's why both <laughs> fighters. Oh, I mean? Yeah, yeah. We, we I, I think there's a lot of crazy man. going around. There's a lot of crazy on this bandwidth right now, on this part <laughs> yeah. line. I'll tell you I, that much. Yeah. By the way, I, I want to chime in because... Because Forrest has some real dope shit uh, about just his his um, self-awareness about himself when he was coming up as a fighter. And I thought that was fucking really refreshing and honest about why he fights the way he was, you know what I mean, as far as being an athlete and stuff like that. Because when you look at what Forrest did, like, he created his own path. 
Like yeah. you didn't just like you made that path. Like you know what I mean? Yeah. Those those fights that you got, you made that shit happen. You know what I mean? Yeah, you know, I always say I've had a lot of luck, but I've had a lot of real good luck and I've had a lot of real bad luck too. That's the thing people don't realize. Like I've gotten really lucky in fights. I got really lucky. I was a last minute replacement for that ultimate fighter. But man, I've had the worst luck too, you know, literally like feeling great for a camp. Boom, uh, you know, herniate your L4 and L5 literally like four days before the fight. What are you going to do? Not fight? Get yeah. Weeks before the fight, you, you're going to not fight? I guess now guys would not fight. But, you know, that, that's kind of what I'm always careful to tell people. You know, luck works both ways. And I've, I've had a lot of it, you know, it's, and I'm sure you have too, right? Like you have all these dramatic things going yeah. on in your life. Me, man, I was real good about keeping it simple though. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't spend a ton of money. I don't, you know, I, I'm like the Joker in Batman, man. All I need is some bullets and some gasoline. I'm good to go. I don't need it. Wait, wait, which Joker are we talking? Are we talking Heath Ledger Joker? Are we talking Jared Leto Joker? Well, are we talking? Heath, Heath Ledger, Heath Ledger. Okay. When he burns right. the of course, I wish I would've had these conversations with you before because I was fucking ignorant. Dumb. <laughs> I, I, I'm talking about like when I say dumb, I mean dumb, dumb. Like on a weekly basis. Like you're talking like buying baby daddy uh, car, dumb, or we that, that was like... dumb. That was that was part of it. But just <laughs> I mean, I mean, just I mean, part of my friends. You just want to feel like you're that guy. Like like when you're at the top, you're like fuck that. I can do whatever I want. So I can go to I can go to this club and buy a bottle. I can fucking go on this trip. I can rent this fucking dumbass car. I can, you know what I mean? So I was doing that kind of shit, and I think it was just. I was I was allowing an alter ego to take over who I was. Like it's okay to have a moment to do some fuck shit, but yeah. when it gets to the point where it, I felt like it was battling, like the T Money was battling the Tyron Woodley, like oh. it was it was a weekend, and it was like okay, it was only when I'm in LA. Then I started coming back to Missouri, and I was I just had to sit in the car and reset, and like. Boop, go back to daddy mode, you know what I mean? I got literally sit in the car for 20 minutes and snap out of it and come back and I was, hey, kid, da, da, da. And I was well, living two lives, man. Yeah, but that, mm. that's not bad, though. You know, that's like a phase changing, right? So you, you are a different person with your family than you are, you know, out and about. That That's, you know, that that's pretty normal, right? Yeah. Yeah. Now, I think, I, I, one time I went on your Instagram live and you were rapping in, uh, like, I don't know, where were you, in Bahrain or somewhere? You're on stage rapping in the in the uh, Middle East in some concert, and I was like, oh, I was at I was at a fuck that was Thailand. Yeah, I, I, there were all these people there, and you're rapping, and you had like a fight in three days or something. And I was like, what? No, that was I was with Wiz Khalifa. That was in St. Louis. Okay, oh, you're awesome. with, you're with Wiz Khalifa rapping on stage. Yeah, we 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 did. Oh a, my god! Yeah, go. he did. Yeah, he did a he did a tour in um um one of the stops in St. Louis. So I said, fuck it, I got to do it. That yeah, I mean, that was, that was before the Usman fight. Then I saw that I went to a, a Ludacris concert. You were on stage there too. I'm always on stage. And you know what's funny? This is a funny thing. I'm always on stage, but you don't. It's the best seat. Oh, he's he, he just getting the best seat in the house. Uh, now who's like here? Like those parties, those every party. But I low key, I just, I just don't. And that was another thing. This bitch. Man, your Google Fiber is just going down. I don't know if that's just me or is everybody hey, getting Hey, that. Jason, he already told us where he lives. We know where he lives. I know. We're going over. We're going to go hang out with Ludacris, with Khalifa. I don't know. Maybe, maybe, I don't know. Maybe smoke a joint with Kanye. 
um, but then I would, so, cause that's a thing. I mean, do you think that like, it was just too hard to kind of, cause uh, balance, but hard enough to be world champion, no. but to be world champion. I mean, you can't be, you can't train 24 hours a day. Like if I decide to get on stage with Wiz Khalifa and you decide to go watch Pornhub, that's just what you decided to do for that, for that hour. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's, it's hour. Like, you mean two, two minutes? Well, whatever it is. <laughs> you know what I mean? But yeah, what I'm yeah. saying is that, like, what, what I decided to do, just so happened to be planting seeds in other areas of entertainment, it didn't, it didn't take me away from, from my two and a half hour or 90 minute practice or run. Like, I did those things anyway. Yeah. If I wanted to go to the studio, like, I remember I was training Eve Edwards. Eve used to stay up all night playing video games. Yep. All yep. night yes. long. Yes. Okay, so if he decides to do that, or I start, or I decide to go record two songs in a recording studio, I that's just my preference. I just chose to do things different than what other people choose to do. But nobody trains the the entire day. You know what I mean? So, that's stupid to think that. You really can't at at at, at you know a reasonable age once you've developed a bit. Eighteen to twenty hours of work is the most you can do, and then you that's can true. Also yeah, so there's really no point. You can also, you know, wear yourself out doing social things or staying up late, but I'm just as tired from staying up watching shitty movies on Netflix as you are from cutting the songs, but at least you got a couple songs. Literally. I, I yeah. Just have really yeah, no, but to, play, but to play devil's advocate, uh, Forrest, and like, and Tyron, it's not to insult you at all, but do you think sometimes like getting yourself in so many different areas was also creating drama uh, in those areas? I created drama. Yeah, I did it myself. Um, and, 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 I, and I'm 10 toes, like, if it's me, it's me. It wasn't, nobody, nobody caused the drama that I was experiencing. Like, somebody said this, I was watching Steven Jackson. He was like, the, the, the first thing that can take a black man down if they're not in the street selling drugs is the black woman. That sounds Bro, funny. I think that's just, you could just take out black for that much. <laughs> no, 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 no. Come on, bro. Black, don't you don't you, you, know, you don't get to take that, black people. You don't get to take that because we can get taken out by women just as easily as you can. Why, why what I'm saying is that the structure and the stereotypical black baby mama is bringing way more drama to the table than what I've seen than the white baby mama. It seems pretty racist. I'm just gonna be honest right, with well, you. That seems well, pretty I'm being racist, racist on my say. own people, so I can. All do right, that. wait, wait. Let, wait, let me try and say it. <clears throat> a black baby mama is no. You can't say it because oh, it's white. My bad. My bad. Uh, but if okay. I say it, then I'm being racist <laughs> to black people. You can say. You can say. You can say no. The thing that's bringing a white man down is a white baby mama, and everybody oh, gonna God. laugh at your ass. Well, <laughs> but your baby mama though. So I mean, so she had four kids with you, right? Four kids. Five. No, no, no. I'm not saying. I'm not saying they bringing me down. What I'm saying is that <laughs> this. See, see, this interview will go through. What I'm saying is that this. I'm not selling dope. I'm not killing people. Um, all my cars are legally registered. Why would I have a problem with the police? No, I'm no, not. I, I can't imagine. Well, okay. I mean, so that's not going to be my gone. downfall. That's not going to be my downfall. But if you got an appetite for beautiful women and you mm. cause yourself to be involved, then that's drama that I'm self-inflicting. Of course. That's extra attitudes, personalities. That's, that's, that's what I I mean, that's... But I can't yeah, figure man. out, Tyron. I can't figure out if you're blaming yourself or your baby mama because uh, I'm not blaming nobody. I'm trying to wiggle my way out of this conversation. Yeah, yeah. We're trying to go. No, I don't think. 
I don't think me doing these other things caused me to lose fights. Right. I think me losing a fight caused me to lose a fight. I think I lost a fight. Because if I tell you what I was doing before I fought Darren Till, actually the album that I dropped when I fought Usman, I had already had that whole thing recorded when I fought Darren Till. Yeah. No, but when I- 99% of the album was done. Um, when I ran into you at, I think, the Staples Center, and you were, it was like against, it was Cejudo versus, uh, uh, for the title. DJ. DJ, DJ right? Yeah. And you left before the main event. And I go, where are you going? You're like, I'm going to go train right now. And I was like, whoa. Yeah, like, I ain't like this. He's like, he's like, I, he, you left. I, I was mad, man. I was mad. I'm like, y'all think it's real fucking cute to see me right by Teal and see me by Usman and see me by Kobe? I want to fuck somebody up right now. This ain't, this ain't, this ain't fun no more. I don't want to watch the fight no more. So I left and I went to back and I went to Reebok and I said, give me a fucking large short, medium shirt and give my, all my guys workout clothes. And they looked at me kind of scared and they knew I wasn't fucking around. Then they just gave us the shit. Don't get nobody fired for us. Then, so they gave us the shit. And then I went to the back and a lady was like, you can come back. I said, man, I'm gonna just be real with you. There's nothing you can do to stop me. I'm going to walk back, okay? I'm going to walk back. And I'm going to go into this room where you're serving food, where it's not sanitary for me to train. And I'm going to train in there. So you can go and tell whoever you want to tell. You can get whoever you want to get. Ask Zing. But I'm fucking going in here. And she looked frozen, and I walked right past her. So I went in there. I was training with Dean. I was training with Dean. And then, then I saw. I looked up at the screen, and they rendered the decision for DJ. And so who beat them? I said, you, I got video of this. Actually, I got, I got this on a champ camp. I said, you see that shit? If DJ can fucking lose his belt, the best pound-for-pound motherfucker that we've seen well-rounded, then anybody can lose I said, don't let me ease up. Don't let me pump the brakes unless I'm about to die. Because this yeah. motherfucker Teal can beat me. And if I don't take him serious, he will beat me. So then it, then it became a mode. You know what I mean? And that's yeah. kind of the mode I was in for this fight. That's why I'm mad I didn't have it. Oh, that's what I kind of knew. I thought I, you were being. I mean, now, what did you think about Kobe versus Usman? That's an inconvenient time. Man, always an inconvenient time. Yo, man, you need to get your baby mama to pay the Google Fiber. Oh, can you hear me? Can you hear me? I can hear you. Yeah, what did you think about Kobe versus Usman? <laughs> You want my honest opinion or? All right, honest, of course. No, we want you to lie to All me. All right, this is my opinion about the this fight. This is my opinion about the fight. I lost to Usman, so this may come off as well. You got your ass with by Usman, so you really can't say shit. But looking at the fight, Usman has the build and body type that you would think he punched harder. And mm -hmm. probably Very similar to Phil Davis. You look at the way they built. And if they really, somebody really trained them on how to turn their body and stuff, they could be power punchers, you would think. Um, I didn't see a lot of people slipping punches. There was a lot mm. of getting hit down the middle, straight down the middle. Yeah. Kobe thrives off of pressing forward so you can't fuck him up. That's his yeah. whole game plan. Yeah. It's always been that way. He yeah. comes forward and he throws. He, he's kind of a – you remember how a Melvin Gillard – would kind of almost fight out of fear. He would swing at you fast and try to knock you out because he was in fear that you was going to do it to him. Yeah. Like, this is a conversation I've had with him. So Kobe gets a great rap 
you know, some guys just got a good gas tank. He got a good gas tank. We can never take that from him. He's going. He's going to outwork. His output is. His output is there. Like I don't. I don't see a welterweight right now that has better output than, than Kobe as far as pressing forward and going for stuff. He's but, probably the second best. Yeah. Who, who's the first? Who's the first best for output? You not, not at seventy. Pound for pound would be uh, what's Khabib. Khabib, yeah. Yeah, but I think Khabib gets real sloppy let's not, let's say, oh, later hey, in the round. But that's a different story. Let's not compare Kobe to Khabib. Let's take them nah. out the same <laughs> sentence. Let's take them out the same <laughs> sentence. All right, so, Aaron, okay, so. I, I wasn't what? impressed. Yeah. Like, I wasn't I, I impressed. I can see like, why. Like, I, I feel like this. I feel like the shots that put the shots that put Kobe down, if I hit Kobe 50% of what, I, what I'm capable yeah. of punching, I'm going to fucking hurt him. It's not going to, like. It's not going to take a stiff straight or a jab or something like that to knock him back. Like, imagine if I hit him with some shit that I've hit everybody else. And uh, if that straight right hand broke your jaw or dislocated something, I'm a, like, and I don't like you either, it's really going to be bad. So I watched it. I thought that they both fought. They both fought a good fight for the fans to watch because it was a lot of action. It was a lot of back yeah. and forth. Uh, but it wasn't a lot of punching. It wasn't a lot of punching power. It wasn't a lot of defense. Um, I, I was kind of surprised nobody went for a shot. I definitely no, thought it was going to be yeah. Nobody went for a shot. Well, I, it's weird. It was one of those things where, I mean, we see this happen over and over again, where the two guys who know how to wrestle say, okay, let's just have a sloppy-ass boxing match because we're both afraid to wrestle because we're yeah. both afraid to get gassed out and we both want to knock each other out. So, or like, – or, or they don't have the punching power. They don't have the threat. You well, think, think Usman will fight? You think Usman will fight me again and I try to go for a shot? You think Kobe will fight me and I go for a shot? Kobe was all over Robbie Lawler. Not yeah. He was losing the because it, so he didn't have of the KO power. Yeah. Well, I think Kobe is kind of like you know how like you you he's a funk wrestler. He's kind of a funk striker too. He throws like kind of a like street fighting overhands and whatnot. Yeah, and then the right, and then the uh, the flip side to that was Usman. Usman, he's like so developed from weightlifting that his punches are stiff. You know, he he doesn't you, he doesn't do his, his total range. And and when I was watching that fight, I was kind of game planning like if I was Woodley. I was like, if I was Woodley, yeah. this right here is showing me yeah. where I can where I can fit in, right? I mean, where you I'm can fit in and move to, in yeah. POV. I'm always watching a fight yep, from yep. like if I was in there. And when I'm looking at like the way that they were punching and even the little clips that I've seen of me and his fight, like me at 50%, there's no way that's just gonna happen. You're not gonna be mm. swinging like that. You're not gonna be sitting there super stiff. Because the thing is, neither one of them really want to be honest and true to who they are. Kobe wants to act like he's some striker or some badass, but he's really uh, not even a high-level wrestler. No, and I would call a him a wrestler no. just because I wrestle with Ben so much. Kobe is a pressure wrestler, more of an Iowa-style, Minnesota-style mm -hmm. wrestler. He's, he's, he's going to put so much there. pressure on you. Wanna, you won't have an opportunity. Right. Usman, he won't move. He's a nightmare. Dude, even as – You said what? Uh, like, like Usman wants to uh, go on. Tyron. I, I was saying that when you see Usman, like you see him shadow boxing, he wanna look smooth, but he's not smooth. No. Be who you are. 
Like, I watch yeah. boxing, and I love the guys that can slip and go to the body, go to the head, and roll underneath and catch and slip. And That's not my style. Mm-hmm. Like, even in music, I would love to be able to rap like, like Joyner Lucas, Lil Wayne, Kendrick Lamar, YBN Corday. That would never be my lane. And just because you like it don't mean that it's your lane. So these guys, if they are like, like, Usman is a worker. He's going to work you. He's going to use his long arms. He's going to press you at the right time to the octagon to get his break. He's going to take you down to control you to burn the clock. He's not going to finish you from the top position. He's not like Mo Lawal, that if he get on top of you, he can knock you off from the top. That's not going to happen. He's not like Shell Sonnen that, that's going to grind upon your fucking face off. But he knows when to do the right things at the right time. So he's basically mastered kind of chess playing that five-round fight. Yeah, he's so a disciplined four, fighter for sure. He's a disciplined fighter, and in, and Kobe, the reason the game plan exactly the reason Kobe lost that fight was because even though Usman wasn't hitting him with like huge power shots, they were strong enough to bust him up, and then you know that really you know and that, Kobe that last round he was Kobe yeah. wanted to try to be flashy. He should what he should have did was he should have pressed he should have pressed him during those moments. He probably was winning the fight. I don't know what the uh, cars were. I know it was close. It was he should have. He should have – his gas tank was his, his number one X factor in that fight. So, at that point, he shouldn't have been trying to be flashy and win a strike. He should have been pressing him, grabbing his hands, hand fighting, snapping him down, body locking him, pushing him, punching him, slipping a punch, grabbing him, going for the leg. Even if you don't want the takedown, just stay glued to him and frustrate him so much because Kobe has never knocked somebody out in a fight. That's the stat nobody brings up. He has never hit a motherfucker and they drop like a sack of potatoes, ever. Not one time in his life. He's, he's an yeah, output he's fighter. Never... He's an output fighter. He keeps yeah. moving the same as he the wrestling stay true to that. Stay true to that. That's who you are. You know what I mean? Now, after yeah. your fight against Leon Edwards got canceled, he said he agreed to fight you. He called you out. But then you said that didn't. What happened? Fucking, he's a bitch and he's a liar. Like, think about this. Kobe fought for an interim belt. By the way, I had only been out six or seven months. The first time in UFC history, a champion had not been out 12-plus months and the interim belt was put in position. First time ever. That's history. I told them I could fight RDA. They wanted me to fight RDA. I said I can fight him probably in July or August. But I just had the surgery in December. December, January, February, March, April, May, June. That's six months. Usually a torn labrum takes six to eight months to recover. I was willing to recover and prepare for a fight within that six to eight month window. I said, just give me like July, August and I'll fight them. They didn't want to wait. So thus they put together that fucking interim belt. If you have an interim title and you have an undisputed champion, the goal is to unify that belt to where it's an undisputed guy walking around. How the fuck did I fight Till and Usman without fighting Kobe? No, I'm saying, but like, I'm talking about two weeks ago though. Two weeks ago in the fight, yeah. He, He did that for clout. Okay. And that came out and that came out of Dana White's mouth. He said, I said, well, I thought you wanted me because he, he brought up the, the Burns guy. I'm like, well, I thought you guys were working on Usman. That's I mean, I'm, I thought you guys were working on Kobe. He's like, that's not a thing. Kobe's just trying to get fucking attention. You know, he didn't want the fight. And if you go back and you do a Google search, Dana finally came out and said, Kobe has turned down the fight against Tyron several times. This is the fourth time he said no. Like, I got text messages to prove it. Kobe's out. That's not even an option. Let's move on. 
Tell us who you want to fight. Kobe's not an option. Kobe just want to. Kobe's just a. He a clout cheater. That's what he is. You mean he's just like trolling in order to get his name out there some more? Like, it's clinched. I mean, it's clinched. He he wants to. The U.S. people want me. I'm here to fight. If Tyre want to get whooped, the second that that fight card was canceled, what did his tone turn to? His tone turned to, oh, I'm waiting to get my rematch with Usman or the winner of Usman versus Masvidal. And if they want me to fight Tyron, they better pay me more money. Why they got to pay you more money to fight me? Because hmm. you know you're going to lose. You're well, scared. I mean, it would be, it would, it's like a tougher fight. Right? Let's just be honest. You know, like, let's yeah. not, not, not stroke your ego because you'll still have to work and you still have to – you know, earn that victory, but it's not. It's not even. A, it's not even a style matchup. Like the thing about Kobe is, and I've been waiting to the press conference to, to let these videos go. Kobe was my training partner that I paid five hundred dollars a week and flew him to St. Louis to whoop his ass. He didn't make it through the whole camp. He faked his ankles injured, and he left. I was in the camp. I I don't have a lot of people in my camp. When I was training to fight Roy McDonald, okay. I brought him in to try to take some shots on me because I knew I knew Roy would say, fuck it, I'm still going to try to take him down, right? And if Roy take you down, his grinding pine at that time was the best in our division. Nobody good. was trying to be underneath fucking Roy McDonald. No. Yeah. So I brought Kobe in because of his pressure to try to give him a lot of reps to try to take me down. I also brought in a striker. No wrestling, no just a pure kickboxer, right? So we get to the point where it's time to wrestle, right? Dean's like, all right, let's let's get let's get to wrestling. We're gonna do some wrestling. Kobe's in the weight room looking around like this. So now the motherfucker I flew in to wrestle me, I'm wrestling the fucking kickboxer. <laughs> oh, he ran man. for me the whole training camp. Oh no, he says he, I remember the last, to last day of practice, and I'm, I'm gonna finish on this. Last day of practice, right? Before he left and faked the fucking ankle injury. I said, Kobe, you're a fucking asshole. I said. I put you in these submissions, and you make me make the choice. Do I break your fucking arm, or do I put you to sleep? You fucking running from me the whole practice. He got spicy with my fucking striking coach. Because, you know, Muay Thai guys, they, they hold the pass, and they kick back at you and shit. So he started to try to wrestle and take down my Muay Thai guy that I paid. <laughs> I paid this motherfucker. I paid him extra. So he came in, stayed at the residence inn, looked like an apartment, had a rental car. I paid for all their food. Took him to the gun range, private lessons in strength and conditioning, which he never did because he's lazy. Private lesson with my Muay Thai coach, and I paid him five hundred a week. That's and he married your baby mama. Wait, yeah. <laughs> and he smashed my boxing coach's girl. Now, now, Tyron, do you yeah, have this on? Now, do you have this on on video? These sessions. I got, I got, a, I got a pad hitting session. He looks terrible. Okay, got off. Got it. So, got it. so, 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 what I told him is, I said. I'm telling you right now, I said, if you don't tap out, I'm going to fucking break your arm today. I'm going to put you to fucking sleep. And if you get spicy, I will knock you the fuck out today. I want to let that be known before we start this sparring session. And that's the last time I trained with Kobe Covington. His story is Because he was an asshole. That's a shitty partner. His story was... His story I was, was to take him down because if I took him down, he started freaking out and just going crazy and running out the room and shit. So, so, so I told Dean, I said, Dean, watch this. I said, I don't give a fuck. So I started taking him down, taking him down, taking him down. He fucking lost it, went crazy, screaming, cursing, walk off the mat. 
Then I had him in a fucking, I t- had him in a fucking guillotine choke, and he turned blue like a fucking Oompa Loompa, and then he wouldn't tap out. So I'm looking like, do I do I sleep this month? I'm like, do I put this motherfucker out? So I I kind of let it out. He pops his head up, act like he defended it, and I'm like, that's why he got submitted in that fight, not because no. he wasn't tough enough to hold on. He didn't have the proper fucking acknowledgement of how to defend it, how to mm. stop it, how to know what's coming. He thought that I'm just going to be tough and fight through it. No. All right, his they, story is that he beat you up in sparring and then you kicked him out. Kobe has never, Kobe has maybe touched my face once with a glove. Okay. Yeah. All right. Ever? Okay. He's never taken me out. I to get back. He took me one, he took me out one time at ATT, a long time ago. We were doing a wall drill and we started with a body lock and he was able to get me to the ground. And in, 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 in a full camp, when I trained for Ray McDonald, Kobe Covington took me down zero times. Wow. Kobe well, says otherwise, so I kind of yeah. want to see Well, guess now. what? I kind of want to see what? this now. Kobe also has never fought me, and everybody wondering why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think that's a money fight, is it not? I feel like that's told, a money I fight. I told him, I said, fuck, the Leon, think about this. The Usman fight happened because Kobe didn't want to fight. The Till fight happened because Kobe didn't want to fight. The Leon Edwards fight happened because Kobe didn't want to fight. They said Kobe had to have his jaw wire shut. Have anybody seen a picture of his jaw wire shut? No. No. The second they booked me and Leon Edwards, they said, oh, I'm ready to fight in April. <laughs> Dude, a he a bitch. He's not a bitch. I mean, you guys are both. No, he's a bitch. You guys are both. He's a bitch because, he's a bitch because it is. He's a bitch because at the end of the day, it's okay to have an image. It's okay to build a character. But when you're building a character and you're doing it using racial slurs and talking about other people's fucking country and, and it's scripted, John Harnett from ATT, which is no longer there, they were scripting this. That makes it even worse. You got somebody helping you do this and it's still trash? Hey, Adam, if you <laughs> I know, look, look at Adam Covington script this, I will fucking never talk to you because it's terrible. Now, if I, it was funny I didn't, and if I it was like Connor, if it was I, like fucking chill, then I will fucking laugh with you. I've never written a joke for Colby Covington. I have for other fighters, but never, never once for Colby Covington. Now, Forrest, you being a fighter, uh, a cop, and now a UFC employee, what are your thoughts about John Jones? Damn. Oh, man. It's funny. It's funny you asked about John Jones. But first, I want to go back to something. We're talking about Tyrone. Uh, sorry, Tyron doing a lot. You can call me Tyrone. Yeah, I like Tyron, because he explained it to me. Byron put a T in there. My stepdad's name is Byron, so Tyron. It's actually pretty easy <laughs> to explain it to me. Byron. But, but I want to I wanna give T some credit here. Man, when you're champ, or you're up there, or you're about to fight for the belt, or the phone doesn't stop ringing. It's just somebody wants you. They want to have dinner. They want you to come out to L.A. and have a dinner and do this and that. And you've got literally movie stars calling you up, hey, once you're not champ anymore, all those opportunities are gone. So I went back about two years after I retired. I said, hey, there you go. Who again? Nah, we don't know you. I said, really? Because you, for like three years ago, you were like, yeah. So that's just a fight business. So as far as like, you have to get it when you're fighting. You know what I'm saying? So it, it becomes a lot about managing your life. You know, how do you get your 20 hours of training in, get your recovery, your sleep, your rest in. And then also get your side hustles, get your easy money, build it so you can, you know, do movies, do movies, do whatever after you're done. Because this is a very temporal career. We, I mean, Jason, we both know this. 
it, it ends a little quicker than you think it was going to end. You're like, hey, oh, so bro, Buck, I'm still waiting for it to end. Yeah, but um, yeah, so John Jones, here's the other thing about John Jones. I like John Jones a lot. I've trained him a couple times. I've, uh, well, not a lot, a lot, a lot, but like, a, we, we all like him. Huh? We all like him. But then no. I, started thinking, I started thinking about all the John Jones stories. And a lot of them start with us having a couple drinks. And I was like, maybe I'm a bad influence. I remember drinking at the airport with him. And he's like, hey, uh, I shouldn't have too many. I'm, I'm um, you know, I'm, I'm fighting. I was like, oh, cool, one, seven weeks. He's like, dude, stop drinking. What are you doing? What, you're fighting seven weeks. What do what, what we do here? You know, I think John, too, from, from what I'm talking to people around him, he, he's real, you know, susceptible to like, hey, let's do this or let's do that, you know? When he's around me, I'm pretty cool. I'm pretty chill. It was, it was me and Frank Mir a lot. We're both like reasonable people. He was super cool, you know? Reasonable, made good choices. So, you know, that, that's, that's my take on John, John Jones. You think he gets caught up in the, caught up in that excitement and then starts throwing them back, huh? Yeah, I think that's just his nature, man. You know, it's like, yeah. hey, if, if you know, if five five drinks is a good time, ten drinks must be a great time. Oh boy, don't we all know? Tyron, your thoughts? Huh? Your thoughts? About that? <laughs> <laughs> um, this is my thoughts, man. My thoughts is this: I think I'm not making excuses for John, but it's clear that John is not the leader that some people are. And it's clear that John, he received success very early. He's the youngest UFC champion yep. at the time. Yep. And it's even more clear that he wasn't ready for the, what came with it, the, the stardom and all opportunities and what he can do with money and exposure and a name. Um, one thing I saw when I watched that video, man, it was very sad to watch. And I know that he's crying out for something, but I also know the internet don't give a fuck and they're going to torture him. And yeah. they're going to torture him on the, you know, everything. It's like, I, as I'm watching it just from doing the TMZ shit, I saw seven or eight headlines pop up. I saw five to six um, memeable moments. And um, that's just the thing that he's he's going to – he's a person that I don't really get affected by. Like, people keep recycling to me, getting knocked out by Nate. They send it to me. And I like the fucking picture. I don't, it don't bother me. Come on, dude. And that's not him. Tyron, I, look, I love you, but you're a guy that I don't make fun of because we're friends, and I don't want to. Sometimes you're a little sensitive. Uh, no, I, I'm, I'm sensitive about like I'm sensitive about um, the music shit. I'm sensitive about because it's hard enough to, to break through in music, and when you're trying to break through, the last thing you want is your peers to fucking say something um, because it's hard enough as is. So when you have people that are like in the same arena as you. They should support any outside thing you're doing. I would never do that to anybody else. Right. So outside of that, I'm not really that sensitive when it comes down to fight stuff. I'm not going to be sensitive about me getting knocked out. I was, I was with Nate in fucking Thailand. I'm not going to be sensitive about a fight shit. I know. I just know that, like, uh, like, like people, people are, are critical of your, like, your rapping skills, right? And look, I love that song, Beat Your Ass. I, fuck, I have it blasted. That's one of my, that's, honestly, that's in my, my workout thing. And I think you're, I think whatever you want to do, you're going to be good at it because you're that kind of a guy. But, um, how, like, yeah, how do you deal with, like, the haters coming at you and stuff like that? I really, I just muted because right now in music, music is, is all perspective. You don't know what the fuck you like. 
Right. We got Uzi Vert. We got people in purses. We got hair dyed 50 different ways. We got people that don't even give us a verse. All they do is ad-libs. And the younger you are and the more extroverts you are, the more it's going to be received. And right now, it's, it's the time where in music, you kind of got to create your own lane. Like Roddy Rich, perfect example. Roddy Rich almost quit rapping because people didn't like his sound or he thought he was ugly. He almost stopped. Then he went and broke the record for having the fucking, like, the, his ad-libs. Nobody would have done that in the 90s. You're going to see Tupac do that? You're going to see, you, you, like, think about Bro, it. Bro, I'm thinking about coming out with the album of nothing but ad-libs. You know what I'm saying? Like, just like. You, you would be, you would be dope man. All right, because all right. I, I you would be dope in music studio. because you don't give a fuck. If you don't, don't give a fuck, that's, that's, that's the best way to be. So for me, people are critical on me because they, they don't expect. There's no expectations of an athlete doing well in music. There's never been a format or a rubric. Look at well, Dame Lillard. Dame Lillard not only is the best athlete I've seen do music, he's one of the best lyricists of 2019 in general. He'll never get the credit. He'll never get the respect to do. Iman from the Houston Rockers, now with, um, now with the Brooklyn Nets. Phenomenal musician. Crazy rap artist. He'll never get the credit. So if you do, do you ever think I, about I like maybe me. like starting up your own kind of Wu Tang clan of like athletes that, that are you know what I mean professional athletes? I, I got like some. I got the, some the T Wood Tang clan. I got something similar. I got something similar. I've been working on as a content piece, but it's not an actual group. It's basically similar to, um, you know how Uninterrupted does more than athlete. It's very similar to yeah. when someone hears your story. And they can understand where you're writing music from. And they can understand why you have the ability and why you have the right and why you can rap about. Why can I rap about seeing people getting shot and killed or having money? Because I've had money. I've been in fucking rap about that. How many rappers are sitting in front of a fucking Bugatti talking about all this bling and all this money and they broke as fuck? Oh, yeah. I mean, that's standard, rap, isn't it? Like, that's what you so, got to do. Fake it till you make it, right? Yeah, I mean, you got to fake it till you make it. But when you think about subject matters, you're talking about growing up in a certain area, check mark. Yeah. You're talking about being broke, check mark. You're talking about being rich, check mark. You're talking about problem with women, check mark. You're talking about liking women, check mark. There's not going to be very many boxes you won't be able to check. I got it. I got it. Here's what's been going on. Tyron's been living a crazy life, so he'd be a better rapper. That's why he's yeah. this exactly <laughs> right. To be, to be honest, it's really I just, just love it. Just I just love the music. I love, I love, the, I love, the, I love the difficulty of it. That's why I like acting. I like doing stunts because it's harder. It's harder than fighting. I've been doing, I've been doing fighting longer. So right. I think of everything like an equalizer, right? So my budding for fighting is going to be all the way up. I spent the most time. I dedicate the most time. My acting or my stunt button won't be up here. My analyst button won't be up here. It may be higher than the rap or the music because I got more intelligence because I'm a fighter. Yeah. You can't expect me to be at the level in music that I am in fighting when I haven't dedicated the same amount of time. Why did Ice Cube beat you up? Ice, I, was on, I was with Ice Cube. I didn't get beat up. Okay. <laughs> In, in the NWA movie, it was him and Ice Cube, right? Right. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I was with Ice Cube, and everybody oh, think I'm the one that got snatched over the balcony, but I wasn't. Oh, that wasn't you. Okay, it wasn't I got me. it. I got it. Uh, I was the one punching and throwing people. Now I gotta ask you, cause so I, I watched Dan Bilzerian posted a video 
of these crazy parties. You know who Dan Mayhem, who that guy is? Everybody knows who that guy is. Even Forrest, you know who that is, right? Dan Bilzerian. He lives in Vegas, doesn't he? Uh, you got a place in Vegas and a place in L.A. too. So in the middle of the video, out comes Tyron Woodley in a bathrobe. Uh, <laughs> Way to go, Tyron. Was he holding a tiger on a chain, though? Like, what? Yes. Talk to me about that. Dan Bilzerian. I met Dan Bilzerian when I did my first movie in 2012. I just got knocked out by Nate. I was fucking feeling bad. My homie Lynn said, hey, I got something to cheer you up. I'm putting you in this movie called Olympus is Falling. It was also Dan's first movie. I didn't know Dan from fucking Lucia's left foot, and he didn't know me at all. So we sat there, and because we were playing, like, Navy Seals or whatever, we had to shave our beard off. So if you think about what his beard is to him and what my beard is to me, yeah. we both almost cried. We looked at each other like, <laughs> look, like, I'm like, dude, I'm like, we got to shave our beard. I'm like, oh, everybody, oh, I didn't go back. And he looking at me, and I'm looking at him like, man, this fucking sucks, man. So we, we fucking cried about it, kind of moped about it. And finally, we let him cut it off, right? So that was our first kind of bonding moment. And we did this whole movie for six weeks together. I never knew who he was. So I get ready to fight Koscheck. I get on the scale. I weigh in. And you know the black curtain. I open up the black curtain. The first motherfucker I see is Dan. I'm like, what the fuck you doing back there? He said, oh, I just bet 20000 on you to fight, to win. I was like, um, well, I guess I better win or you're going to fucking cut my pinky toe off. Like, mm -hmm. yeah. like how you going to tell somebody that right as they get off the scale? So after the fight, after I obviously won, won him some money. So he set me up at the Haka sign. He said, I'm buddies with Steve Aoki. And I'm like, and that's why I put two and two together. So my homie, Lynn, hit me up and said, you don't know what Dan does. I said, I no fucking clue. I, I just know him from the movie. He was like, he's I don't a know what Dan does either. Nobody knows what Nobody he actually knows. Yeah, Dan, Dan's a venture capitalist. He invests oh, okay. in certain investments. And he looked for lucrative investments. He also was a professional poker player. So yeah. he won millions and millions of dollars off World Series of Poker and just gambling in general. So he just, more importantly than someone with guns, cars, women, you know me, all these exotic things, single, yeah. all these chicks around him, he's an extremely smart businessman. And he's created a... a a ridiculous brand. You know what yeah. I mean? And think about it. What do men like? We like women. We like guns. We like cars. We like extreme shit. We want to jump over something. We want to go snowboard. We want to, you know, go like these turtles. Turtles. Fucking snakes. Tigers. Have you guys been watching Tiger King, by the way? Because that shit. Bro, that's listen. We, we be nonstop talking about it. I want to fucking fight Carol Baskin right I, now. I hate her. Oh, oh, my, everybody. Everybody <laughs> hates her. But yeah, that's why I met him. So, I'm always invited to the parties. Like I don't even story, have to, but the actual parties what I hear about. So you're walking around in like a bathrobe, right? There's it was a it was a Halloween party. I was Hugh Hefner. You were Hugh Hefner. <laughs> <laughs> now, <laughs> now there's women everywhere. It's what like one guy, fifteen women. Every yeah, Dan time. don't Dan don't play that. Like he had a very small guest list. He usually only likes a uh, maximum of fifty males there. So if it's that's like total. So like if I come. He'll say, all right, bring, you can bring um, girls, some, somebody hot, but don't bring no dudes, right? And everybody signs the NDA before they go in there. And, and if you're not cute, you're not getting in. And if you're not, if you're a guy and he told you not to bring another guy, you do, then you won't be allowed to come to other parties. So even if Chris Brown comes. So, like, one time it was like me, Chris Brown, Tyga, uh, Marshmallow. They can only bring one person. 
So Marshmallow brought Mo, his manager. Chris Brown brought somebody. Tiger brought somebody. But it's, he wants the ratio to be 450 women to 50 guys. That's his ratio. Okay. Now, are the, now you're the champ at the time. Are yeah. women coming up to you and like, hey, you want a blowjob? You're the champ? Hey, he signed I mean, the NDA, bro. I mean, <laughs> it's called the NDA, and that's why my man may have a kick in for me. Right? I'm just I'll, I'll be a manager like, in this. Uh, please uh, back the fuck up, Adam. Stop yeah, Jason, asking so many hey, questions. Jay, Adam, you just want to go to the party. I'm sorry, Adam. I'm not going to be able to get you in. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I know that. I know the integral parts of the court system, unfortunately. It's I know, the reason I know why I'm allowed to go to every party. My, my, life, my life is one big, long, law and order episode. Let's just say this. He knows how to throw a good party, man. And he's smart. Like, you know, before, before Cardi won the Grammy, or maybe right afterwards, he had her perform, you know, French Montana, um, Ludacris, Yeezy. These are all different types of rappers and different types of entertainers. So they bring a different demographic. You know, when you think of the, the trap music, you think of Cardi B, you think of Offset. But when you think of a classical rapper, you think of like Ludacris or Jeezy. So he has everybody. Diddy's been there. So he's smart on who he invites because it's not like, you know, a million people. Like, I I've, I couldn't go to a party. It was like a Valentine's Day party, something like that. But one of my celebrity friends was like a real high-level celebrity. He didn't even get to go. Wow. Damn. You know, well, I want to start throwing parties that not even Arnold Schwarzenegger can get into. That, like, you can. There you go. Dude, yeah. your parties are pretty epic too, bro. But that, yeah, I, I know. But I, his parties, his parties. I, like, I want to tell. I want to tell a strike for a story. Please. <laughs> I know what I'm about to talk about. I have no idea. In Miami, right? It was a launch of the video game MMA. I didn't know Mayhem didn't drink because he's always all over the place. I'm like, this motherfucker naturally liked that. I didn't know that at the time. <laughs> I remember we was in a car. It was me, him. King Mo and fucking Musashi were about to fight every five seconds because fucking King Mo was fucking with him. Yeah. Josh Thompson, who some type of way, Mayhem had the fucking door open. We was driving the van, like the trans wide open on the highway. Somebody slams the brakes. Kung Lee slams the brakes because he's freaking out. And Josh Thompson's go through the fucking windshield. Ah! And we smack, we're all in this, this is a van. Like Forrest, and Matt, you know the van that picks all the fighters up and takes them to yeah, the yeah, yeah. yeah. We're in that fucking van. And a, then Mayhem yeah, gets out yeah. the car, he throws the keys in the bush and runs to his room like nothing happened, like he wasn't involved. <laughs> like, like his fucking hands were clean. <laughs> <laughs> you obliterated that story. That's not what happened at what, all. What happened? Man, what I happened? just loved it. It was even better the way he told it. Uh, it oh, happened just man. like that. Yeah, pretty much. But, well, I, I, I missed a couple people I, that was there. Before. I allegedly was driving, and Kong Lee was in the back. I was allegedly driving, and me and Josh Thompson got into it, talking shit to each other while I was driving, and he was all hammered. And I slammed the brakes and, like, underhook threw him through the windshield, allegedly. The, like, the glass broke? He went, yes. Oh. No, the fucking glass broke. And then what did he do? What did he get? I mean, was he like out cold? Everybody was laughing? so shocked that it happened. He was bashed. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah, I know. That, that and was meanwhile, the door is wide open and all we yeah. got is highway breeze coming through the 70, side. 70 you guys, miles an hour. You guys all look at each other like, what the fuck just happened just now? Yeah. Everyone <laughs> kind of saw it coming. Yeah. Hey, I yeah, wasn't a big was, deal. Okay. I was like the strike force challenger guy. I was just happy I was in the car to view it. 
So I didn't say shit. I, I was that, tucked yeah. in the corner. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, that was wild. Yeah, so those are some wild days, man. Those strike force days. Strike force never dies. Yeah, for wow. sure. Oh my God, that's crazy. Wow. That's hilarious. I and what happened with Dan Hardy? He told us, sorry, you, you like picked him up in some kind of huge truck with guns everywhere or something. Or Dan Hardy told a story that you had like you asked him the train and there were pictures of. Dumb tells me that this story don't supposed to be on this um, conversation. <laughs> no, look, we, we keep dancing the line. I need all you guys to sign NDAs before the next time we hang out. But they were right? still gonna. But they were still yeah. gonna. Adam's still gonna post it. You know, you, no. Adam. Adam in the top right corner of the fucking screen, trying to push the envelope and like get oh, the yeah. shit out on the same. Like, Tyron, you are kind of sensitive because I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna give you the moment I gave you with Ellenberg. I'm I know it was great. It was no, a great rating, but I'm not gonna give it to you. It's not a bad. <laughs> it's, not, it's not a bad thing to be sensitive, man. It means that. No, you I'm have- not sensitive, but. Some people play about their shit. Some people don't. If I don't, if there's certain things that I don't fuck around about, I'm gonna say it to you. Okay, all right. That doesn't sound sensitive. Like at if all. I like, like think about this. We like, I'm everybody got kids. You got kids, ma'am? Of course. <laughs> yeah, uh, everywhere. Okay, so if you if you got kids and someone says some shit about your kids, you're going to be sensitive because you're probably gonna fuck them up. Thus, that means you're being sensitive. You just don't fuck around with that topic. If right. someone says something like, "Oh," You know what, Tyron? Fucking, you got knocked out by Nate, and I'm like, all right, I did. All right. So what? What areas am I allowed to make a joke about? Because I know you don't any, like you. You don't. You like can that. make jokes about any areas for me. Mm, you don't. You were allowed to. You were allowed to call fucking every cocoa puff and say I nutted on her breast at a comedy show. <laughs> <laughs> like, what the fuck are you talking about? That was funny. And by the way, hey Forrest, she has yeah. a huge crush on you. Like, by the way, I don't know if I ever told you that. So Adam never had a chance. Avery, she like had the biggest crush on fucking Forrest for a long time. Uh, his ex-wife. Oh, oh. yes. Uh-huh. That's awesome. Dude, oh, no, man. what happened was he showed up late to my show and I go, oh, it's okay. He didn't show up to the Robbie Lawler fight either. And then he was like, oh shit. And then, I t- and then at the end of the set, I, I said like, he said he he like busts all over his, his, his girlfriend's tits and everyone was like, yeah, he was a, you were, you're a good sport. I'm just saying that like, you know, you, I made a couple cardio jokes, and you're like, that's bullshit. My cardio is great. And I was like, all right, I'm not fucking with this cardio anymore. Okay, he obviously gets mad. Because motherfuckers, I want motherfuckers to shut up about that shit, because I trained too hard for that bullshit. Hey, I trained too hard for that. Fuck that. Well, right, The Rock told me fight. differently. Said, you know what? The funny thing is, after you have a couple five-round fights, people don't say this shit no more. They can't. <laughs> of course. You know what I mean? Okay, so we can't make jokes about your rap. Can't joke about you can cardio. make you can make jokes about my rap. Yes, you can make jokes about cardio. Yeah, you can make jokes about Ellenberger. Uh, okay. You can make jokes about all that. <laughs> all right, cool. Yeah, all right. Yeah. All right we'll, we'll keep that in mind. I'm gonna start writing these down. Still next time. I'm not making any of those. Yeah, fuck that. Uh, I like I like having Karen as a friend. Okay. Because the, the thing about me is. I can fire back too, though. That's what you gotta watch out for. Yeah, you know what that was right there. That was like what he said. All right, we're all gonna say the M word on three. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you, you got jokes, son. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Hell well, listen, yeah. I'm trying to get this girl on, but like she came on an hour earlier, and then I and then I blocked her. Uh, but now she can't get back on. Uh, which is fucking annoying. Um, I'm, t- I'm, t- I'm trying to get her back on. Hold on, let me see what's that. So, uh, so when Who's you- this girl? 
uh, Kara Batera. What do you think? What do you th think this thing's going to be over? By the way, when is this going to be over? Um, I think I think some people are going to be able to go back to work probably by the end of May, beginning of June. And I think um, I think the entire epidemic is going to be under control in probably a year and a half, maybe two. Based on what? Like you're you're working at the CDC right now? <laughs> no, I just think because people aren't taking it serious, and like right now, we like right now in California is like the um, the time where the virus is the most active. They gave this warning to Italy, and they didn't they didn't take heed. That's why they're very close to the numbers of China because they said, "Fuck it, we're gonna go out and have a party and just turn up." So I think just because people don't give a fuck, they're putting everybody else at risk and this is going to spread. And it's to the point where people don't have enough aprons, masks, beds. Like they got, like someone sent me a picture of like portable morgues, like just trailers in the background. Yeah. Where they just going to start throwing bodies in. So to think that somebody's going to be ready to go back to work by Easter is fucking a joke. Yeah. Yeah, it certainly seems that way. I feel like we're going to be doing this fucking podcast on my iPhone 4 for the rest of the damn year. It's no. really stressing me out, actually. Now, now Tyron, what's your opinion on uh, Khabib versus Tony? It's a fucking crazy fight because Khabib is um, a pressure fighter, and obviously when he wrestles guys, he really don't end up straight in the guard. And I think, I think Ferguson is most dangerous when he has you in a front headlock or you right in his guard. Khabib always finds a way to be out to the side or side side yeah. position or pass the guard, and that's where he does a lot of damage. Um, I don't see a lot of the jujitsu advantages for Ferguson there, but Ferguson is just so just don't give a fuck, and he's so durable and he can take punches and he's never gonna stop trying. Khabib never fought somebody like that, yeah. and I think that Tony has fought pressure wrestlers before. He came, he wrestled in Minnesota, right? Can he wrestle out that way somewhere? Uh, he wrestled, I think, in no, no matter where he wrestled at, he would have seen, yeah. uh, no matter where he wrestled, he would have experienced a, a, a Minnesota-style, Iowa-style, heavy hand fighting, pressure, pressure, pressure kind of wrestler. I just don't think Khabib has that mimic. So I, my gut says Khabib, it's kind of hard to go against him. But the wild card says, Tony, I mean, Tony probably can fucking pull it off. Yeah, I, you know, I was watching, uh, I forget which fight it was of Tony's, but you know, when he's in his guard and he does that downward elbow, like, that is the, the strongest, like, in-guard downward elbow that, that I've ever hurt, seen. Man. Yeah, man. That, that is, like, an amazing technique that's, like, specific to Tony. Like, he's the only person I've ever seen throw that elbow that hard, you know? Yeah, and, and uh, I, I oh, Edson Barbosa. Terrence Sapphire hit me with that. Like, oh, like yeah. not taller than me. He pushed me, uh, he pushed like my shoulders to the point where he get a uh, strike in her and he crushed it. I feel like you get yeah. hit up top of the fucking um, skillet. But um, <laughs> Tony's so vicious at it. And I think that, 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 I think Tony can just do enough stuff to frustrate him and agitate him that he don't know how to deal with. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, maybe make you know, a cut open. Boy, he's just annoyed me and I didn't like, you know what I mean? It's hard to deal with it. Like, you knock a motherfucker down, they bounce right back up, they do weird shit. Yeah. Uh, uh, Forrest, what are your, th your thoughts? Man, I, I just hope they can pull it off and make it happen. But yeah, I mean, I, w I would, I will tell a, a Tony story here. We we're wrestling one day and he, you know how like when somebody's trying to guillotine you, you just push over the legs and sometimes mount them and they'll still be, he 
he arm triangled me from Mount. I was on top of him, and he made the tap <laughs> triangle. I have no idea. You know, it started like from a front headlock position, and I pushed in. I think he could he could maybe actually make Khabib second guess his shots with yeah. that with that kind of darts crazy arm yeah. triangle thing he's got. Yeah, yeah. Let's not forget that what uh, who was it? Poye, uh, uh, damn near guillotine, Khabib. I don't care what he says. Like yeah. that guillotine was really close, and he he caught him on it. And real, and I, I think, I think, I don't know. Tony Ferguson's guillotine is way better. His yeah. his transition from guillotine to Darce, you know, to front headlock, back back to arm triangle, like those that that weird game of being able to seamlessly transition between all those techniques, I think that will definitely wear Khabib out. I, you know, his arms are longer, too. It, yes, exactly. It's the weird, long, strange, skinny arms. Long, what, are the odds on that? what are the odds on the, the Tony fight? He's an underdog, for sure. He's a dog, I think. Uh, so he's not like four to one or nothing like that. No, right? it's like, it's like I don't know. I think it's uh, uh, 150 or something like that. Uh, maybe no, more. That's, that's almost easy. If it was like a crazy, like, if it was like four to one odds, I would bet on Ferguson. Yeah. Well, if I, you know, if a lot of people, because what I've seen is everybody's in Khabib fever. And like, I hang out with a lot of Arabs uh, and a lot of like Iranians. And though everyone is so psyched about Khabib. They love like, him. They love yeah. him. So I feel like the, the line will move. If everybody like jumps on and, and bets Khabib, you know. The line will move, and yeah, maybe you can catch Tony at four to one. Man, I, I bet five hundred. I can, I can lose five hundred bucks to fucking win two grand. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that'd be um, nice. As far as Usman Masvidal, who do you think wins that fight? It's a tough one, man. I mean, Usman. Like when you when I think about Usman fight, I think of the Damian Maya fight. Um, if, if, if Masvidal can stay out in the open and get off, he got the fastest hands and the best boxing, definitely in welterweight, but maybe in the entire UFC as far as just pure boxing. And um, if, if, if Usman thinks he's going to stand outside and box with Masvidal, it's going oh. to be a problem. And I think yeah. he's smart enough, and I think he's disciplined enough, as Forrest said, to, to make sure he gets into the clinch and get to, mm. get to the legs. And even if you don't get yeah. it, keep him from being maybe. in the open. Yeah, exactly. You gotta, you gotta take, you gotta take Masvidal out of the boxing ring yeah. immediately. You, I can see a lot of hard to take down against Octagon too. I, I can see Usman. I can see Usman doing a lot of uh, like fade back, fade back, and then shoot. You know, I, I can yes. see like that. That would be the strategy. If I was coaching Usman, I'd be like, "All right, let's pretend we're gonna box, but then we're not really boxing." You know what I mean? Throw your jab out there. Keep a high guard, strong guard. And then, and then bait him into throwing a combination so you could get down on a single double. I think double is is, is the is the play of the night for Houston. Yeah, because if you go single leg, he's gonna be too strong at defending. Yeah, if exactly. he tries to hop. box with, if he try to box with Usman, I think it'll be the first time, uh, first time Usman gets finished in his career if he try yeah, to box. I agree. If not knockout, but maybe TKO. Well, I mean, I think my, yeah, Masvidal will put numbers on him if he if he baits if he can. Bait him into a boxing match and stay disciplined to not overextend himself, and yeah. that's hard for five rounds. Yeah. To not overextend himself and step, step, you know where you step too heavy on your feet, and then the guy can tackle into you. You know, like that—that's going to be the. He's going to have to kind of dance on the outskirts. Could be kind of a boring fight for 
for a few rounds, you know? Yeah. I mean, think about this. Think about this. There's certain guys that if they take you down, like we talk about Roy McDonald. When Roy McDonald took me down, the first thing popped in my mind, oh, fuck. Grab his hands, grab his earlobe, yeah. grab his motherfucking hmm. anything to stay close. Because if you don't, when that motherfucker come down with those punching elbows, it's going to be a problem. Um, if, if Damian Maya takes you down, oh shit, he can submit me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When Usman takes you down, I don't know if he has an oh shit yeah. factor from Osvaldo. Yeah, I'll agree so with that. He doesn't he have the strategy. Down and spends one whole round there, it's still three, four, or two rounds <laughs> to be on their feet during, you know what I mean? You got to restart at some point back on your feet. I thought, going back to Usman, though, I think he does have a 25 minute gas tank. He can. He, he's he can, got a discipline. He structures and fractions the round very well. Yes. yes. Yeah. Very well. Very well. well. He, he can, the way he did it to RDA and yourself, he, he shot it exactly the right time. He got the yeah. takedown when the other guy was starting to punch a little bit. Oh, no, I'm going to get that takedown. Oh, I'm going to punch a little bit. You know, he, yeah. he really, he does a good job of making things happen at his pace when he wants them to. You know what it is? I, I it's watched, almost I like. a lot of his fight against um, Leon Edwards. And, mm. you know, I can, I can. I can sit here and be all, I'm the best, whatever, whatever. But I, I took a lot of notes from the way Usman fought Leon Edwards. A lot of yeah. notes. Because he really had a perfect strategy. And Leon Edwards was still in the fight. You know what I mean? You know, it wasn't a landslide. But he made the right choices. And he'll, he'll exhaust himself in the right moments. When yeah. he knows it's important for that takedown, he'll go to the second and third attempt. Or he'll grab the wrist. And he'll make it his business to keep you down if it's important. If it's not then he'll let you back up, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's really, it's really like point fighting for wrestling. It's a little bit St. Pierre-esque, right? Where you're yep. just like, he picks, he, he does a good strategy to, to get the takedown, like, you know what I mean, late in the round. Like, show the judges that you're being dominant. Yeah, it's clever. And, and that boxing, the boxing against Colby you know, uh, that Usman did, you know, really was like a wake-up call to the rest of the division, you included. That hey, this guy has, you know, yeah, he he beat Kobe at, at boxing, sorta, right, sorta, kind of. I mean, even if, even the clip I saw, I've seen one clip of our fight when I'm gonna get the cage, just the way he was just swinging at me. I'm like, yeah, will you let him fucking do that shit to you, dog? Like a lot of like a lot of those moments were like, the fuck? Yeah, but I, you know, I don't think that the same Woodley showed up, bud. Just so nah, you know, I mean, I wasn't. I'm not. I, I, mean, I'm just not, I, I never said that. Like you have bad nights. And I think that was one of your bad nights. I know I can and, talk and to it was you one guys of his good ones. I respect you guys. But I, you never hear me talk about, like, making excuses and stuff in the fight. No. I just said that he went out there. He had a game plan no matter what was going on with me. And he executed. No. And until, until I get myself back in position to go out there and fight and show you guys what I'm made of, I got to let him have that. I got to let him hold on to that. I got to hold the L. Do you, think now, better, would you, do you think you're better when you don't like the person? I haven't had I haven't had um, anybody I didn't like though. Well, I mean, you and Darren Till kind of went at it, right? Oh, I like Darren Till though. I respected him. I just didn't like I just didn't like that he was. Um, I didn't like that he was buying into the whole vibe. Like it was like he's sold out the arena. You know, everybody want to watch him. I mean, he could be the next Connor, and he don't want to see his kids. And I'm like, I got I knew I had to humble him. You know what I mean? Um, Leon Edwards just annoys me. He's fucking annoying. He's he's a guy that was so such my fan and so respectful. And then all of a sudden he's he drank the fucking the fucking um, corny champagne and now he's doing what he thinks he's supposed to do. And I just hate a motherfucker that do what they think they should do. What you want to do, be yourself. Like yeah. imagine when you gotta wake up and say, 
who I am is not good enough. I gotta fucking make this character. Did you get well, mad? Would you mom? be in? Hold on. Did you, did you get mad at your mom for hugging Usman afterwards? No, I got mad. Um, at that time, I was mad that she told him it was his time because I'm like, no, I'm fucking coming back to the fucking. Oh. <laughs> Damn, I'm fucking tell him no, it ain't. It ain't his time, motherfucker. You didn't shoot him out your motherfucking body. I'm Man. your son. Don't fucking That's tell this motherfucker. Oh, it's your time now. It's your time. No. That was his night. That's it. Your night, not your time. That was your yeah, night, yeah, motherfucker. Let's switch that up. But no, my mom's <laughs> always on there. Like, my mom, like, sent messages to fucking all my opponents every week on Facebook. <laughs> like, there, she mom? still does. Nate Marquardt and Steele and Edwards and fucking Usman. I got a fucking hawk right what, what is your, what I is live your in a wood saying? Career, dog. Hey, as we've been talking, it's uh, been a hawk hovering over my house. My nice. neighbor's got a fucking pond that I hate that floods my yard. <laughs> Ten chipmunks have ran across my feet. Nice. Like all that. Sounds like you're in the perfect place for a quarantine, though. Wait, wait, oh, man, yeah. fuck, I'm in quarantine city. Man, what, what were you gonna ask about his mom? Oh, was I no, I, no, I yeah. was. Yeah, I was, I was. I wasn't mad because that's her character. She wasn't doing something for cloud. That's how. That's how she is. But I was mad. She told the only thing that made me mad. She's like, "It's your time now. He had his time. It's your time now. You better be ready to defend." I'm like, "Hold oh, on, That was his night. Yeah, no. my time, sit and my knuckles actually too. Yeah, I was kind of annoyed at your mom too. But I, I, I love your mom. But I was like, "No, that's that's come on." You can't say you annoyed at my mom. I, 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 well, a little bit because I was. I, I like, <laughs> to be honest, because no, I'm on Team Woodley. I mean, no, I'm always on Team Woodley, and I, I, yeah. I thought that was a little bit like. She was like, it was too much. With him. I mean, and they were, she was like drinking champagne with them and, and, and she was twerking. And I was like, you know what? This is not right. You know, this is not cool. Ma'am, he's trying to test me to see what he can joke me about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know, I know what you're doing, but you know, you, I passed the test. I passed the test. Uh, now, the test. now, Mayhem's sister, did you, did, I know that Mayhem got arrested a couple times for beating up his sister. Did she what? ever, remember your sister put you in a, in a headlock or something or what happened? No, you got it backwards. I, 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 I won that one. I put her in a headlock. But now, she she still has the record on me though. Did she ever celebrate with some of your opponents? Yeah. Uh, no. <laughs> no. Okay. All right. That's yeah. Good. No. No. That was my mom. I mean, I, I had to, I had to say something to my mom the other day. And I was like, "Mom, I love you." Um, and I know when I first started fighting, I refrained maybe from saying "fuck," but at the end of the day, I don't give a fuck what people think about me because they're always going to change what they think. I said, "Mom, I'm not doing this for people." I'm doing this for my legacy. I'm doing this for my kids. So sometimes the word fuck drives a point home stronger that if somebody really fucks with you, they're not going to stop dealing with you and following you because you say the word fuck. I said, so I get it. You want me to talk the way I want to talk away from camera, but you want me to conform to something more PG-13 for our fans and viewers because I got a lot of loyal fans and I get that. But I'm at the point now that I've been at positions where they told me I was the number one prospect in strike force and watch out for this guy. He's going to be a future champion. And then like that, he's boring. He complains. He's a whiner. Yep. He's yeah. this, he's that. And I've been the same motherfucker the whole time. So <laughs> well, you'll be happy to know that we're still in this podcast is still in the everybody loves us phase because not, we don't have enough fans and, and the, the standard Y'all should have brought me on then, because you're going to get a motherfucker's <laughs> No, I'm glad. No, we're, we're, we're happy. Yeah. We're, we're happy people, to have you on board. One thing I think people are upset about is they, they sometimes say that you think everything's racist. 
that's what sometimes people say about you. And I was like, dude, I, I look, Tyron Woodley is. I don't think everything is racist. I think I think that if I statistically make a point that was facts behind it, you got to look and see about the facts. Uh, it's not race. It's just a different set of cards. I have a different set of cards than Connor. Connor has his own deck of cards that nobody ever, ever would contact and touch. Not because mm-hmm. nobody would have that star power, but he's such a gorilla with the sales, but he's also a gorilla to deal with. You know what I mean? So That's I don't racist. think the UFC will ever give somebody that type of power again. Um, Ronda Rousey had a different set of cards. John Jones doesn't have the same set of cards as Conor McGregor. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I mean? He's not going to get... He's going to get probably bashed a little bit and thrown on the bus a little bit. So, like, when I say stuff, people don't want to hear it because sometimes people don't want to hear the truth. They want to hear anybody, anytime, anywhere, fight anybody. We don't care if my motherfucking kneecap came out of the socket and jumped to my other leg. I'm ready to go. You know what I mean? Anybody can get it. Da, da, da. That's They want to hear what they've been cultured and, and, and trained to hear. And Wait, Adam, what did he say you, was racist that wasn't, no, sometimes, wasn't racist? Sometimes, look. I know Tyron. I know he's not racist at all. Like he doesn't. Have, he's not a racist person. Like, but I never say racist. They just assume that where I'm coming from is I'm saying I'm because I'm black. But I never say this is race. I never say. I say okay. Name me. Name me right now. Let's do a trivia. Name me right now. Anybody who's had a title and has been out less than twelve months and had an interim belt put in their way. Name me one champion. You, you just said there was. Tyron Woodley. <laughs> <laughs> that's racist. The so, black one. That's not racist. That's just in the cases dealing with me. How many number one contenders did I actually face? Not the money fights, the actual true number one contenders. At one point in time, I had the belt for the longest amount of days out of every champion. So when you look at this person, Michael Bisming can defend his belt against Dan Henderson, who wasn't even in the top 15 when it was a clear top five that was ready and willing to fight. How is so that the car same? How can so I not you're saying fight that your relationship with Dana is not quite as good? No, actually, I talked to Dana yesterday. Nah. Dana, Dana likes me when, when what he wants me to do um, agrees with what I think is good for me. And mm-hmm. what I don't, we'll have, we, have, we have a misunderstanding. But it's okay. You have misunderstandings in business. I don't have no problem with Dana. I actually, I actually checked on him yesterday. Um, but at the end of the day, I don't have any things personal. Business to me is not personal. If Dana said I was this and nobody wants to watch Tyron fight, and then five minutes later he want to pay me $2 million to fight Khabib, you're going to see me sign that dotted line. And I'm, I, let's have a drink. That's fucking, you know what I mean? I'm not going to be, I'm not going to take it personal. So people think because I'm black and I point out factual things that in these cases, a person in a similar circumstance, like you can't compare yourself to Connor. Like I can say, well, Connor, dude, I'm not Connor. None of us are. Nobody can compare yourself to Connor. He's going to get way more passes than us because guess what? Nobody's done the amount of pay-per-views he's done ever. So that's that's an outlier. But if I say, okay, look at Anthony Pettis, my teammate, he was out for almost two years. No interim belt was put in his division. He came back and fought this person on this day. Those are facts. You got to look at the facts. That's not black or white. But now, people, were, it's easy. It's better media. Now, when you were calling out Canelo Alvarez, was that was that for yeah. real? Was that for real? Who wouldn't fight Canelo Alvarez for that kind of money? You think I care about getting knocked out if, if it happened, <laughs> if it went that way, for a fucking five, seven million? But did you think you had a, a, yeah. Yeah, you think you could beat him? 
I think I got a chance to knock anybody the fuck out. But do I think I'm a better boxer? No. Right. <clears throat> do I think if it comes down to 12 rounds, I'm going to fucking outclass and outbox him? You don't think by round six, six you double-leg him, though? Like, you don't think, like, you nah. get fired up and... No, nah, <laughs> I'll take my L if it came down to it, but I wouldn't go into the fight just thinking I had to knock him out to win. Like, this was an actual real topic. The UFC didn't, didn't boost it up, but Canelo's camp said they were fighting. Wow. So me and the people at Wildcard Boxing, this was a thing that was actually on the table at one point in time. So we were prepared, like, all right, well, this is how you have to fight him. Because you can try to hit him. Look at Jacobs. Jacobs missed a million times. Hmm. This is how you got to fight him. This is what you need to do. You got to do a lot of running. You got to do a lot of conditioning, a lot of bag work. Like, it would basically be me taking a break from MMA and only boxing at yeah. that point in time. Yeah. So, yeah, I would definitely fight Canelo. I still would fight him. Oh, my God. That's awesome. Yeah. I know, but, I I love know, but, but, but the way they sell the fight is not to say, do I think I'm going to win? No. You have to, right? I didn't say that. I said I do think I'm going to win. I never fucking walk out there think I'm going to lose. I said, I said, do I think I'm a better boxer than him? Uh, no. Right, right, right. No, I'm not. Do, is he a better MMA fighter than me? No. <laughs> you know what I mean? But one thing I have no, that but I can you said who wouldn't get knocked the- out for uh, – I don't care if I get knocked out. That's not, a, that's not a good way to sell the fight. You can be like, no. <laughs> I, like, I mean, I didn't no know way. I was selling the fight. I thought I was talking to friends. <laughs> yeah, you are. Yeah, yeah but yeah, I, wanted you, I wanted to see you get $100 million to fight Canelo Alvarez, too, you know? You know what? I'm, I can say that about any fight because at the end of the day, if you ask anybody – if I ask this old lady right here walking this fucking – I got a lot of old people in the neighborhood. old ass lady walking, walking the dog. Good, good. If I said, hey, would you fight me for $2 million? She's going to drop that train and throw them hands up. That's- <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not saying that I'm scared to fight him while I think I'm going to lose. No, I'm going to train to win because guess what? You can get that one payday. But what happened when I beat him? Rematch factor. Now I can fight Triple G or I can fight somebody else. Yeah, you want to win. Right. Kind of went out there to lose to May- Mayweather. Man, it, you know, is it racist that I was hoping that uh, Connor, like, would uh, judo throw Mayweather? Yeah, totally. No. Totally racist. Now, you um, racist to Armenians. Now, yeah. I've seen you tiring with some of the most beautiful women I've seen in my life. Uh, oh, man, look, see? But they all look annoyed. Every time, every time I see... I see you. They look. They look like. Cause you're there. You ain't seen me with no women, man. All right, I've never seen the beautiful woman. What you talking about? Okay, now I know you're trying to get rid of the drama. Are you? Are you single now? Or are you? You have, You committed to a girl? What's going on? Man, look at these people walking in my neighborhood. These motherfuckers. <laughs> hey, they so peaceful around here. Look at it. Somebody talk about the chip books again. That's yeah, yeah. That's none of my neighbors' names. Okay. All I know is all okay. I know is Ed Marlon right across the street. I guess that's the answer right there. Yeah, These yeah. motherfuckers right here are some assholes because they literally flood my yard every fucking day. <laughs> um, now, build now, a Mark, wall. Do you think you were better when you didn't like the guy? Like, I know that you and Tito had your rivalry. Did that definitely uh, – were you a better fighter when you didn't like your opponent or when you liked your opponent? Me? Oh, it didn't matter for me. I didn't care. Who didn't you like? Man, there's a lot of people I don't – you know, I actually started liking people less after we fought. Too, you know. <laughs> oh, really? I got along with Quinn pretty well when we were doing the show together. I was like, he's all right, he's all right. And then after, I was like, I, I don't know, man. I thought he was gonna fight me in like a, a hotel lobby one time. <laughs> <laughs> That's ridiculous. Wait, wait, you, wait. What happened? It's a long story, but he, here's what here's what I always try to do, Adam. He, 
I, I, w I wouldn't say anything bad or mean about anybody during training camp. You know, I'm, it's just not my brand, if you will. But, but I would just, you know, not say a thing. This dude's tough, man. I'm, a, I'm really, in her, you know, the whole, the whole, you know, playing this down thing. And then you show up Tuesday, fight week. And then if you want to start giving it to him, you give it to him. Don't do what Bisbing always did, where he would talk shit months and months out. Dude, that does motivate somebody. You're talking shit to me? I'm not going to – I don't want to be – That's true. That's fight true. You. I'm motivated to work my ass off to beat your ass. But, right. you know, keep it easy. And then Tuesday when you show up and fight, yeah, I'm going to knock your ass out. That's what's up. Then it's too late for them to go train about it. There's nothing – Damn, that's smart. Right? It's too late. Clever. That's fucking smart. <laughs> All right. That's the strategy from now on, guys. In college football, they call it billboard material, right? You don't give your opponents billboard material until it's too late for them to prepare for it, you know, or a locker room, wow. or, you know. You know, all this guy said. When a motherfucker talks shit about me, that makes me want to train hard. Yeah. Like, Leon and fucking Till, like, that makes me want to go fucking go berserk. Yeah, that's yeah. why Usman kind of didn't get under your skin. I mean, do anybody even know him yet? <laughs> nah, kind of. They, they think he's from, a Nigerian immigrant. But here's, I think, the one issue with the UFC right now is that, Forrest, when you found the Ultimate Fighter and it was, like, it was brand new, I feel like that was really – because people didn't really know MMA fighters until they saw you guys. They said, oh, that, that's the cop, and that's the guy who works with this, and that's the trainer, and it put a real personality behind people. I feel like that's what's kind of missing right now in the UFC. Is you got to have the personality, though. You can't, like, force no. somebody to have something they don't have. But even if you don't have the personality, you like a guy like Ryan Hall, like, you end up liking the person based on the fact that you can relate to him. Whereas now, you got a lot of good fighters, but they people aren't connected with them. See, I don't and know they if they got a personality and they don't. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, they're kind of forcing everybody to sort of make a personality in a way. I don't know. See, no, that's people. I, I don't. I gotta disagree with both you guys. I think that's people seeing what's working and trying to emulate that. Yeah, works because you're never gonna be a good Conor McGregor or a good Ronda Rousey. You got to be a good yeah. dude. Like, like the the dude that people like. Who's the guy? He asked for camo shorts from Reebok. Remember oh, that? that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I like nice him. Camo. That's straight up him. He's just, he's just like Some nasty, right? Camo shorts. <laughs> that's him being him. And you know what? People responded. People like that. Hey, yeah. that was a cool thing. You know, you, you kind of go to it from that angle. What I will tell you is there's a lot of people looking for the space now. There's, you know, there's 500 people in UFC. There's 700 fighters I can think of that I actually know, right? When, when I came up, it felt like there were 40 of us, you know? Yeah. I felt like there's like Riz Franklin and BJ Penn and George, you know? And like yeah. George Peter was new, you know? It was like there, there were less people, right? So it, it was a less crowded field. Now you got to maybe do a little more than you had to do to get noticed because there's such a big pack of people. Yeah, well, now they do, you know, it's corporatized where now they do, I was talking about it with Adam yesterday, that the fact that they do these press tours the last six weeks, you know what I mean? It's like a comedy tour where they just go and talk shit, or no, six months. Like, we've been, we've been doing Khabib versus Ferguson promos for like fucking 10 years now, you know what I mean? <laughs> like it's just it's part of the deal. It's just a hype hype factory that now you have to come up with some crazy stuff to say because you got time to fill, and so everyone has to have a personality, a character. You know what I'm hearing, hey. Jay? Mayhem was ahead of his time. 
Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you were so hey, hey, quick question. Listen, it's, I'm Did always Did you guys laugh yeah. when, when Tony kicked that fucking belt, though? Yeah. Could be like, get that goosey out of here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he called him fake Mexican. Man. I laughed. I laughed multiple times. Yeah, that, it's definitely, it's a, I, you know, it's a different era of MMA now, and I'm adjusting to it. And I, I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying it more and more. And Adam is insane about it. So you would be really a billionaire right now, ma'am. In the, <laughs> the state of our fucking MMA right now. Oh my god. <laughs> I know. I know. Well, I'm. I'm still. Uh, you know, trying to. I'm just trying to be the best thousandaire I can be. <laughs> I'm trying to be a hundredaire. <laughs> yeah, me too, bud. <laughs> Seven cars and four. And who lives in the four houses? My more. My mom. I bought this house. My mom's house. And um, you don't know who lives in the houses? No, I'm just trying to because you you try to get information out of me that low key. I know. He, oh, he's hey, trying to do your he's trying to do your tax preparedness. Right? Hey, what hey, you don't know who the houses you IRS watching. IRS watching. Watch. Okay, so no. I, I was, you should know who lives in the houses you bought. No. Um, this house I live in. <laughs> My mother has a house. <laughs> I just yeah. said, I said I bought two houses, dog. Two. Oh, I thought it was four. I, I guess you got rid of two oh, during the podcast. Two. I bought this house and I bought my mom's house. I mean, Phil Veroni thinks that we all have SARS right now. So, I mean, that's not the question. <laughs> I, I tracked Phil Veroni one time. He's fucking. He is uh, lights, camera, action. No, he really <laughs> thinks. He goes, what? Everyone has SARS now? We're like, no, it's coronavirus. He really thought we have, everyone has SARS. I'm not, I, wow. I'm not kidding. That's. Wow. So, uh, yeah. Well, I think we kind of back then, like you were. With, Why you keep trying to stretch this long? We I know. Did, we got, I think we, we like did it up. Like, what are you trying to do? Me. What are you I trying to do? Adam, like, so man, uh, what about the time you got locked up? Sorry, yeah, yeah. I know. I'm, I'm, I'm lonely. I'm, I'm really lonely. He's lonely, and he's really like, yeah. You know, go, 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 take care of your. Daughter, go do some fucking right. corona push-ups, <laughs> man. Thank you, Tyron. Thank you, Forrest. Thank you, Mayhem. This is man. God bless you guys, man. That, that was great podcast. It went way to too long, but man, I, that was fucking insightful. Thank you guys very much. You guys are legends of the sport. Well, I love you guys. Love you guys. Good to see all you guys. Later. Hell yeah, Forrest. Mayhem on. Yay! All right. Finally. Sorry about that. Mayhem's taking a piss. Uh, yeah. No, it's a Zoom thing. Like. Cause you, you 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 came on early, so then I like put X like don't come on yet because I was just getting tired and and uh and then I couldn't get you back on, so I don't oh, know. Oh no! Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was my fault. I was like, oh no, I didn't mean to click it. No, and then I felt terrible because I wanted you on, but then I couldn't get you on. Then I was like, fuck, like I just felt like an asshole doing that. So. Oh, it's okay. I felt like an asshole for making it all fucked up. It's all good. <laughs> so welcome to a brand new MMA Roasted podcast. Uh. We got Mayhem, of course. This is brought to you by Speedweed, by the way. Marijuana uh, is the delivery in California. Get it delivered right to you because right now, don't go outside. Stay inside. Um, we got Mayhem and the beautiful Kira Batara, uh, who is, uh, is it? It's Kira. I always call you Kira, right? It's not Kyra? Yes, yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, Mayhem, if you don't know, Kira is, uh, she was a wrestler in high school. I think she was a state champ. I got second. Finalist, state finalist. State finalist. She's half Filipino, half Mexican. Uh, gorgeous girl. Uh, then she made it to like Combate and Ryzen. Started off like three and three, was like kind of feeling her way. Won like five in a row for Combate. 
Crazy, right. crazy six. moves. Six in a row. Six in a row. Wow. Was doing like Eddie Bravo, uh, Twisters, crazy. And then they cut her for no opposite, no reason. Now she hasn't fought in a year and a half. And she's a professional wrestler in Vegas with her boyfriend, who's a great wrestler. And, but it makes no sense because she's one of the best 105 pounders in the world. <laughs> and I don't get it. Why did they cut you? What, what's that all about? I don't know. Uh, I was fighting. My contract was under 105. And then I decided to move up in weight at 115 because I had missed weight my previous fight. Moved up to 115 and I called out the girl that was supposed to be the 115 pound champ. She was the next up for the belt. And I was like, look, I want to fight 115 now. Melly Martinez, I want that fight. 115 is now my division. Right after I called her out, they cut me. Whoa. They speak Spanish. They told me, they're like, we're just not interested. Uh, you just don't have what we need anymore. Uh, it's just not a, a good fit. You're, you're hard to deal with. And I was like, what? Interesting. Oh, wow. And that was your management, like, talk to them? Or you talk directly? Or how did uh, that go uh, they talked to my mom, actually. My mom was managing me, but I was also with Iridium, and they said the same thing to Iridium. Huh. So, so it, I understand. Yeah, it seems like, yeah, it seems like you were stuck in a political quagmire because you might be able to beat their star. So, they, you know, and they were pushing But I don't speak girl, Spanish. And then also speak Spanish. And so that's a big deal for them. Yeah. Huh. That's super interesting. Like you're pulling back the curtain right now uh, on that uh, on that organization. That's that's interesting. And, it, and, and that's Kibate, what's frustrating. And Kabate was founded by the guys out of the UFC, right? It was uh, yeah, Campbell McLaren, and he just retweeted. So I post on Twitter. I've been like killing my TikTok videos. I post a super cute TikTok video on my Twitter, and then he retweeted it just two days ago, and was like, "Kira Batara will sure to bring you a smile every day," and I was like. You cut me. You got rid of me. Oh. Do you think your mom, as your manager, was driving? Was like conflict there? Was there, was was she driving them crazy? It was that kind of. I I think that's a part of it for sure. Um, I don't know. Well, I mean, I don't think I'm personally hard to deal with. I I never really say anything. Well, so mean, you wouldn't think you wouldn't think about coming back to MMA, the MMA world. I mean, I, I'm I, sure you're pretty happy over there, but. I would like to – I want to get one or two more fights in. I had three concussions in a year uh, this this past year. So it was one of those things where I was going to be making a third of what I was making for Combate for Invicta. So I was like, wow. do I really want to take this pay cut and fight for Invicta or mm. wait for a better offer? I don't have a fight camp right now. I was focusing on wrestling, making that transition, which is completely different training-wise. So mm. it just kind of – Waiting, waiting out my waiting out my options and seeing what opportunities present itself. Well, you're young and you're adorable. Uh, it, it makes I don't how old are you? Twenty something? Twenty five. Twenty five. I mean, you're you're still uh, yeah. There's some years left in the tank right there, but you know it'd be a different transition to to get back to MMA. Yeah, that's that's interesting, huh? Is your mom still managing you? No. Oh, okay. All right. That, that, that makes sense. That might help you out a little bit. Sorry, Ma. But I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure you'll buy her a house later. Her mom's super hot, too, by the way. Her mom is also super hot. Look, she's like teen mom. She's also 33 years old. They, they, both, <laughs> they, look, they look like sisters. Like, nice. Like, yeah, yeah. 
Um, now, uh, but, and, and your boyfriend, now it's getting serious, because since I've known you, you had about 35 boyfriends. Uh, <laughs> but, but, but this guy seems like he's a professional wrestler. Seems like this is the one, right? I, I love him, and we've been in quarantine for three weeks together now, oh, and I'm like, if we survive this, then it'll be it. But we're, we're waiting until we get released from quarantine. Yeah, I mean, the quarantine it's inside rough. that car seems a little bit rough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, why are you we're in a one-bedroom apartment yeah, together. Are you driving Uber right now? What, what's going on? Why, why are you in oh, the car? He's, he's, well, he's in the apartment, and I'm like, the walls are so thin, and I'm like, he, he's playing his video games right now, so I'm like, I'm gonna go downstairs. Nice. Oh, yeah. nice. So we we get screwed with the Wi-Fi because he wants to be in video games. Got it. I got it. I, <laughs> I, I see how this is going. Um, no, but you guys are a very cute couple. Are you guys are you guys tag team partners? Uh, we have done tag stuff together. Uh, we haven't uh, lately, but we did a whole little storyline together. What's your wrestling gimmick? Like, what's your what's your thing? Uh, right now, so I honestly is, I was talking to one of the wrestlers the other day about this. I got thrown into wrestling without any training, without figuring out a gimmick, a name, anything. They needed a replacement. Someone pulled out. They needed someone to jump in for Gina Manzani. And I was like, sure, I'll do it. And then the promoter saw how many tickets I sold. He saw how I interacted with everyone. And he was like, look, how do you feel about doing the storyline? And I was like, sure, I'm not prepared, but yeah, let's do it. So I I jumped in, I had four matches, and then I was like, all right, if I want to jump back into it, I need to really make sure I have everything down before my next match. Do you know any moves? Like, have you done any training, wrestling training? Here and there, honestly, I was only going to Tuesday classes when my boyfriend would teach his class, and that was it. (laughs) Huh. What, What is the organization that you're working for called? Uh, it's called Future Stars of Wrestling here in Vegas. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, we, I've seen that. You get concussed from MMA or was that MMA, from, the, from, from training? From training. Oh, yeah. from kickboxing. From kickboxing uh, so or wrestling? That was the crazy thing. So my first one I got was sparring at Extreme Couture, and it was from two guys sparring next to me crashed into me. Oh, that's the worst. Got, got a concussion. Mild concussion, two weeks, good to go. Two weeks later, I was cleared the first day back. I said, I was at 10th Planet. And I go, okay, if I, if I roll with the instructor, Coach e, uh, Casey Halstead, no one will run into me. I'm with my coach, totally safe. I'm rolling with my coach. Uriah Hall comes mm. and sweeps into the same spot in my head. Damn. His heel comes smashing down. So everything's been kind of a freak accident, but. Yeah, was, maybe you have like some type of magnet in your head that we don't know about. Just like Maybe. Pull, it just pulls random assholes into slam in India. <laughs> Sounds like a bummer. Yeah, I'm sorry to hear that. But that's where I kind of felt like a sign where it was like, how do all these incidents keep happening to me? Maybe I need to take some time away from MMA, well, go the, into this wrestling journey. I, you, I, then... remember, that, remember that girl, Heidi, at the, my show, works for the UFC. She, she gave me the information. I said, call her, try to get that. Anything ever happened with that? No, nothing. I was honestly really drunk that night, and I lost nice. my heart. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, my God. I remember looking at pictures the next day, and I was like, oh, my God, I was so drunk. Now, you got into it quick, though. You got into it quick. You got into fighting. No college. You went right to fighting. Three years later, you're fighting in Japan. Yep. That must have been, and Ryzen. Was that amazing or what? 
I can't believe how much I've experienced at such a young age. Um, I, I thank my parents every day for it. They got me into it at 13 years old. So I was homeschooled all through high school. I knew as soon as I graduate, like, I'm going to be an MMA fighter. I'm going to go on this journey. And I was, I fought in Washington, Montana, Florida, Texas, California, Vegas, uh, outside over at the D in Vegas, and then Japan. So I've had really cool experiences with MMA. I feel really fortunate. And that's where I look at my journey. And I know that it shouldn't be the end just because I got fired by some asshole. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, it sounds like you can stay in shape. And then if you can get, keep back in training, maybe there's something to open up for you, you know, outside the pro wrestling world. It seems like you got something going. Now, I saw that you have an OnlyFans account. What's, uh -oh. going, on, what's going on here? <laughs> So my OnlyFans, I have been unemployed for two weeks now because this fucking coronavirus. What, like, what do we do? I was like, how am I going to make money? Um, I've been doing personal training sessions, but there's only so many people I can train that are being quarantined without exposing myself to everyone else. And so I've been super cautious and I, I was talking to my boyfriend about it and I was like, what do you think about us doing an OnlyFans? And honestly, I don't post anything nude. So a lot of people were really disappointed when they joined and they're like, you don't post nude on here. I was expecting so much more. And I was like, the fact that you were expecting to see me naked for $10 a month is insane. Like get the yeah. fuck out of here if you think that. So um, I think people join my OnlyFans that are big fans of mine, but I have a tip menu. So I, I was smart. I did a lot of research. I figured out how much I can make uh, doing this. So as soon as you come into my page, welcome, you see a nice bikini picture of me and a tip menu. My tip menu is like $40 for a butt pic, 20 bucks no. for a lingerie selfie. <laughs> I have a boyfriend experience, you guys. Right. I have a boyfriend experience. So I have like Oh my God, how much does that cost? I'm going to log into my PayPal. Wait, you're wait. Text, you're you're like at 50 bucks and you'll text in the morning like, hey boo, how wait. you doing? <laughs> Wait, you'll text them in the morning? Wait, is that what you said? You have a text experience? It, it's called, it's like called boyfriend experience in my tip menu. <laughs> this is so <laughs> weird. So what do you do? Complain one. about me being, do you like complain about me coming early and not paying attention to you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there's one um, you can pay for, which is I'll send you a message every morning, every night. Good morning, good night. And then the other level is a good morning, good night, picture throughout the day and updates throughout the day. All right, how, yeah, how much, how much would it cost for you to bitch about who I like on Instagram and who I follow on Facebook? <laughs> yeah. Wait, can I- and to, and, to berate, and to berate me about my criminal history. Wait, wait, can I pay you to text other guys so that they think yeah. that, like, your, your girlfriend thinks they're cheating and then they break yeah. up Because <laughs> that- <laughs> Can I pay I you to text his wife dick pics for him? <laughs> yeah, that would be hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like, bro, we live in the future and it sucks here. Like, it it's sucks weird. Here. Yeah, man. Hey, who can we break up? Pandemic. Right, what about who would you say? All right, so I want you to text Tyron Woodley and be like, you were great last night. Uh, yeah. This was awesome. Like, whatever. And then, and then, like, I love your rapping. Just all kinds of shit, right? Because we had Tyron on. Yeah. We, we can fuck up everyone's relationships by joining us. Yo, I'm into this. I'm, I'm into this new plan. Kyra could be on our team. I mean, do you not feel bad for some of these guys, though, that they have to pay you to pretend to be their girlfriend? 
so I, I charge for a lot of really dumb stuff, honestly. Yeah. I don't know why people keep subscribing. <laughs> <laughs> well, because, dude, you're an attractive lady. And, like, I, you know, you probably single-handedly have stopped, like, at least 10 mass shootings. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Because now these guys uh, have a pretend girlfriend. Probably like started a hundred shootings into their fucking fans only account. With yeah, their, uh, into their socks. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> that's that's amazing. And then your boyfriend's cool with this. He made one too. Oh, okay. Nice. I'm gonna follow him instead. <laughs> I'm just gonna pay him ten dollars a month to smell his fingers. <laughs> Man, <laughs> maybe this. Your man. What do you think? Maybe uh, only fans. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I was gonna like, man, I was gonna do a cameo and just like berate people and call them pieces of shit for ten dollars uh, uh, a go. But I don't know, man. I, that's one go. This a month. This is an ongoing subscription, though. Like that's a, one cameo is like, I'll pay you fifty bucks. But these people seems like they're getting. I don't know. I'm just afraid that eventually I'll just be flashing tubage. You know what I'm saying? Like it's just I got. I don't know. I don't know how far I could go. My before I left to California. My dad told me like, hey, don't let me see you in no pornos. And I was like, uh, I promised him I wouldn't remember that. But like now the, the line of pornography and it's, it's, it's pretty blurry, isn't it? Well, how many pornos have you made by your, uh, just in general? Just Bro, countless. I'm talking uh, like at least 32 terabytes. <laughs> <laughs> and that's not 4K. <laughs> So, uh, but I'm happy though, because Kira, this guy seems like a nice guy. He seems like a solid dude. You seem yeah, happy. Do you guys, do you guys make sex tapes? <laughs> Maybe. Oh, so you're telling me out there on the cloud, you're doing Maybe. some dirty porn and All right, say no more. Why you can't hold no more. This is why you don't homeschool your kids, honestly. I know, I know, this is what happens to them. Yeah. I mean, and, and her, her, her wrestle offs were terrible. Yeah, how did you take second in the state? I'm part of the homeschool wrestling team. Who did you wrestle with? I wrestled for, so I went to uh, my local high school for the first year, for my freshman year. And then I went to home base school. So they were still letting me wrestle for that school. What's a home base school? It's like charter school, basically. So you were the hot chick that just showed up for wrestling? Yeah. Nice. Oh my god. I, know. I was just come wrestle. Wow. Yeah. I did beauty school. All I did my senior year, all I did is beauty school. <laughs> Wait, what's beauty that's and awesome. that's how I graduated. Wait, you actually learned you wanted to be like a, a makeup and hair cosmetologist. Wow. Wow. Yeah, yeah, you so know I, what? It kind of you really studied up for your for your future careers, huh? You're a really bright lady. I'm oh man. <laughs> Yeah. No, 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 you get you kept getting kicked out of gyms, right? Because you were you've been at eight gyms in Vegas. Uh, what, what what why do you keep getting thrown out of gyms? What's going are you what's going on? Um, I've only been thrown out of one gym. Oh, okay. <laughs> but I mean I've just been bouncing around. It's hard. Uh I'm little, so it's hard well, what? to find. You were break you were break wait, wait, wait. You just skipped right over it though. What'd you get <laughs> what'd you get thrown out for? You break some little Philly heart? No, it was most, it was like a manager issue thing. But then you started your own gym, like your renegade gym of people that got thrown out of other gyms. Wait, what? Did you start your own gym of people who got thrown out of their gyms? Like you started, you had like a gym that was like not really in a gym. It was like a gym that you started, right? Didn't you have your own gym at one point? No. Oh, I thought, I thought, <laughs> I thought, 
I thought you were teaching classes somewhere or like. Oh, yeah. I was teaching classes at Silver Wolf. It's at uh, Stefan Bonner's gym. Oh my God. Well, uh, what, what's that like? I don't coach there anymore. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's wild. Wait, what happened there? Um, it, they, they were trying, have you heard of self-made gym? No. Yeah. Self-made is like, uh, it's basically like a 24-hour fitness, but only for personal training. So they have a full gym, they have bags, a cage, kettlebells, a mat, um, but they want the whole gym to be based off personal training. So you pay $50 a month to join this gym, but then you have to pay a trainer to get one-on-ones. Right. And so I was teaching classes, but I don't have enough clients for it to be sustainable for me to be working there. That's crazy. When I could just be pocketing everything if I do house calls. Yeah. Yeah. It's a pretty clever ploy for whoever owns the gym. Yeah. Are you nervous that some of the people of your OnlyFans people are going to like have the girlfriend experience and then hire you for personal training? And the next thing I know, they really think that they're your girl, you're their girlfriend. I've been worried about that, yeah. Man, I know <laughs> it's, it's a real blurry line. I, I can't go anywhere. Yeah, yeah that's crazy. Mayhem, any, any advice for this? Because, like, Mayhem, you, you ever fought, you watched Bully Beatdown as a kid or when you were younger? Did they allow you to watch that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, come so, on. Mayhem Miller has been. He knows who Mayhem is. God bless America. Yeah. You got to do this every time awkwardly with every he, guest that we have and just just assume they know who mayhem is okay i'm not that unfamous yet jesus okay, Christ, bro. okay. Well, thank you, okay. you hurt advice? my heart every time hey, you have any advice for this young beautiful fighter no she's doing her thing she's figuring it out and i just hope that we have some type of opportunity for you in the future because you're so charismatic you're so good at fighting that you know i, I hope that we have a great opportunity for you in the future we'll stay in touch for sure you're also, Thank you. You're also a, a, a black belt or brown belt, right? I should. Oh, my gosh. I didn't even get to talk to you about my last tournament. So I, I took like a year off from MMA. And then I got a text saying, hey, uh, one of my kid is competing at Naga next week. Can you come coach him? He would love to have you there. And I was like, oh, it's next week. I'll do it. So I haven't trained in a year, and I was like, let's do Naga. So I did Naga. I won double gold, gi and no gi. Oh, and the next geez. day, I got um, asked to do submissions on the shore. I don't know if you heard about it, but it's on a cruise ship on the Queen Mary, and it's the best purple and brown wow. belts at 115 pounds, 16-woman bracket for $3,000. And I, oh, wow. I trained for like a week, and yeah. I was like, yeah, let's do it. I did it. I won my first match by armbar. Won my second second one by um, Americana. Well, my third one in overtime and made it to the finals. I won fight of the night. Everyone was super impressed. And I was like, man, this is one week week of training. Oh, my God, girl. We got to get you back in the room. Like, oh, I know. Can't just use you as a pro wrestler. No, Mayhem. You just come off the bench like that. Mayhem's managing fighters right now. He's really? fighters. Uh, this might be your your, your 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 star. You have no girl fighters, right? Man, I know. I don't have any female fighters. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. Let's go. Oh, awesome. It's the way it's the Tenth Planet style mostly, uh, and you're wrestling, of course. But yeah, it, it, I'm like okay. I, I consider myself a scrappler. Nice, a scrappler. <laughs> I like that. A scrappler. I never yeah, heard yeah, that. Me too. I know she coined that. I think that's her. She <laughs> uh, she she stole it from whoever. By the, way, tonight, by the way, tonight on Fight Pass, Chael Sonnen is going is going forward with his uh, submission underground tonight. Oh, really? With the I corona? Know. 
yeah that motherfucker no i love him i love him so much but he like sent me a message on twitter and he was like hey i just want to check in how's the family and i was like oh i'm doing great but also i never got my sug belt from you oh Oh. well yeah i'm like i didn't get a belt Oh, so you won. But by the way, so here's the lineup, uh, Mayhem. It's Kevin Casey against Craig oh, Jones. Uh, oh, I read this, yeah. Uh, Ellenberger against Ben Igley. Uh, it was supposed to be against Carlos Condit, but then uh, that didn't happen. Um, yeah. And then Chris Lencioni against Logan Skinner. It's, it's a lot of guys. It's crazy, though. So I guess Chael's going to be the only commentator. No one's allowed oh. except for those two in the ring. And every fighter is going to be quarantined in, in, their, in their own uh you know trailer oh outside they should just be grappling in hazmat suits at this point you know what i mean like or actually like we'll just you grapple in one room and i'll grapple in the other and we'll just webcam it but we, we both put the dummies those grappling dummies filled with alcohol you gotta put some rubbing alcohol all over your body yeah that's what they should do instead of instead of like oil wrestling we should just have like 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 uh, hand Sandy grappling, like Sandy grappling. <laughs> no, no, Kira, do this though, right? Are you here? Are you here still? Hello? Yeah. Yes, no matter how broke you get or how, no matter how bad it gets, don't do porn, okay? Oh, no. Okay. Nah, come don't, on. I'm not even posting nude pictures, so. Yeah, don't post anything new. Much to the chagrin of everyone. Yeah, I know people are going to hate me for this. But you're too good for you're you're too cute. I like knew you when you were what 18 years old. I, 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 I think about it when I was like 16. Yeah. Oh God. He's been grooming you for a while. Right? Well, man, <laughs> we can't have that. Yeah, you're way too good for that. So uh yeah. And that's why that's why my my whole OnlyFans, it's like it's exclusive content. It's still like sexy, it's still fun. Like I'm doing I'm baking cupcakes tonight in booty nice. shorts. Like, watch me make cupcakes. <laughs> 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 uh, give me a password. Just give me the free password. Yeah. <laughs> give me a promo code. Give cupcakes. me two promo codes. Cupcakes uh, and booty shorts. <laughs> Ma'am, why don't you do that? I can see you making cupcakes and booty shorts. I think people would Bro, like I, I'm. What do you mean? I'm wearing them right now. I just, <laughs> I'm only, I've got another phone over there for my OnlyFans account. And they're just looking at, they're just looking at the, the fruit basket shot. You know what I mean? From up, from up, balls, shaft, and face. That's just how the ladies like it. Oh, my God. By the way, but you know what, though, Kira? I did get a little concerned about you because last week I saw you uh, uh, with the thunder from down under, and you were grabbing guys' packages and... (laughs) What? what? Yeah, she was with her fucking girl squad of Mexican... I'm the worst. I'm the worst ever. And they were like... You were like fucking, you had deep throating guys and stuff. Like, what, 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 like, what's going on there? I love male strippers. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> what an empowered young lady that she is, just to admit that. I don't think many women admit that, but if I was a girl, I would be all over them. Did you see my talk on my Instagram, Adam? No, I just saw the picture. Guy. I saw the picture of you just like grabbing some guy's fucking package with a big nice. smile on your face, and I was like, 
I was, I, I I was kind of hot. I'm not going to run. I mean, not, not, it was just <laughs> I guess your boyfriend is kind of swingy, huh? <laughs> it was like, it was her and like six Mexican like hotties that are like all five oh, three yeah. with like big tits. And they're, they're all oh, like yeah. fucking groping these men. Most of them were probably gay. But uh, I mean, you guys were just like, it was like the transformer. Uh, you, you guys have, a, have like a group of women. What, what was that? Like, what were you guys? Me and two fighters, uh, Heather Weber and Sheena Van um, Sheena was dating Vince Morales in the UFC. And yeah. then Heather was like a personal trainer for Uriah Faber's gym in Sacramento. But she's a badass too. All my, all my girlfriends could kick everyone's ass. So you guys went and like attacked these male strippers? Pretty much. I mean, I'm definitely the aggressive one in the group. Nice. <laughs> I, I was talking to and he was like, Kira, you're a lot. You're a lot. Anytime you're... <laughs> I was like, yeah. <laughs> and, 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 and your boyfriend was cool with this? He didn't care that you were, like, molesting these guys or anything? Um, no. <laughs> he's, he's pretty cool. Yeah, all right. Yeah, that, that, that sounds... He doesn't cool. say much. He didn't say much? <laughs> we had a well, honestly, it was, like, the last night. It was the last night before we knew everything was going to get locked down, too. And he was like, have fun with your girlfriends. It's probably going to be the last girls' night for a long time. And sure enough, it was the next day that we were told that we were on lockdown. Now, is, oh he, is he a male stripper, too? It seems like he might be a I male wish. stripper. He's got some really good dance moves. <laughs> <laughs> but he doesn't, he doesn't know how to take his pants off in rhythm. Well, I know, I know. It's a complicated, <laughs> it's a very complicated. You know, Adam, did I ever tell you that one time this girl that I was dating, she would not have sex with me until I like danced sexy to that one song. Uh, I wanna sex you up, don't stop. Yeah. Did I ever tell you that? No. It's a true story. Right. Yeah. So, you know, so I, I was ashamed, and I know that you were a male stripper before. I, I did. I did one party, and then I I, yeah. I, I, I like quit because uh, the women. Because the dancing bear head smelled bad. I remember that, that. and because the women were too aggressive, they were like, they were all like, "Kira, like, blow them!" And and, uh, and I was <laughs> and I was enjoying it way too much, and I I, I, I saw my future. Uh, I had I had a future. I'm like I'm like this is gonna be addicting. So I had I, just, I had to stop. sometimes you gotta know. You. <laughs> see, that's where me and you different. You know, mayhem. It's like I see. All right, this could be a lot of fun, but this is gonna get me in a lot of trouble. And you're no. like. Fuck yeah! Let's. That's why. That's you go forward. <laughs> I pull All back, right. and then you go. No, that's exactly. You know. Yeah, yeah. But you know, it's all good. Well, so, uh, so Kira. All right. So after this quarantine's over, Mayhem is your new manager. Uh, you're gonna get her a fight, right? Uh, yeah, I guess so. I, I didn't even. I didn't know this. <laughs> this was not my plan. But I mean, really. <laughs> You know, I mean, we're just throwing plans out the goddamn window at this point because yeah. quarantine, we're all just grappling with ourselves, if you know what I mean, and I think you do. And, uh, I, you know, that that's what we're doing. So, yes, uh, you know what? We're going to get you a fight when, when, we, when the world goes normal. Yes. Okay, good. Good. And uh, nice. I, I like it. Maybe maybe uh, 1FC might be the place for her to be. Maybe. They, 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 they pay pretty well. And they they love her over there. So uh, yeah. well, listen, Kara, uh, where can people find your OnlyFans or your Twitter, or your Instagram? Everything's the same, Kara Batara on Twitter, Instagram. OnlyFans mm -hmm. is in my bio on my Instagram. So check that out. It's only 
$12.95 a month. I put out stuff on the daily, watch my videos, watch me bake cupcakes tonight in my, in my short shorts. <laughs> awesome. I'll, I'll, I'm just going to use Adam's password if that's okay. <laughs> I have three different accounts. Uh, oh, okay. So. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, All right, well, be safe and thank you so much. All right, bye guys. Bye. bye. <laughs> she's great. Yeah, dude, seriously, adorable, right? Oh yeah, she's great. Like, bro, uh, yeah, this quarantine is really like grinding the world to a halt, and uh, I think that we're we're giving a little bit of uh, joy to everybody who's sitting at home on their fucking couches. And aren't you happy you're meeting all these people for the first oh, time? It's a, it's a blast, bro. Between Forrest Griffin dropping mad knowledge, Tyrone, uh, Tyron Woodley, like, I mean, we should have had him spit some bars, to be honest, uh, uh, focus that energy, like, to, get, to get his. And then... He's a, he's a good rapper, but I, I'm not sure, like, I saw him freestyle on, like, on uh, The Breakfast Club. Just, yeah, yeah. And it, it, I, I think he's better when he has, like... Right. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. He's got his moves in, in the quiver. And then old Kira. Probably get mad at me for saying that. So, so, like, Probably. But you can't I, please all the people all the time. I, I love Tyron Woodley. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a huge fan and friend of him. He's a, he's a good guy. Yeah. All right. Well, we're doing God's work, bro. MMA Roasted. Thanks a lot, Adam. Thanks Thank a lot, you. Mayhem. Thanks Thank a lot, you. everybody. Take care. Bye. 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 Bye.